0: Step right up, it's nailed. A halo by halo journey through the music of Nine Inch Nails with me, Blake.
1: And me, Jessica.
0: And today we're doing Halo 11.
1: The perfect drug or the perfect drug versions.
0: Depending on how pedantic you are.
1: We've already argued over what it's called today, so that says anything.
0: And should we talk about why it's called those two things? Yeah, go for it. Is the perfect drug on Halo Eleven. True. This is a little quiz.
1: Uh no. Well unless, it depends. It depends on where you live and what version on you buy. What
0: version you buy. And we have some super collectors who have multiple region versions. Uh if you get the US version, you're not you're not getting regular flavor, the perfect drug. You're getting remixes. Mm-hmm. The uh the regular versions. ones. yeah. <laughs> the versions. The regular one is only on the last track on uh, certain international versions yeah I think of the it's CD. The, uh,
1: the European Australian and South African versions actually mm-hmm. ends with uh, yeah. the original lost highway it. version of the perfect drug
0: yeah and if you're if you were just buying within America, let's say back in the day 1997 when this dropped uh, if you wanted regular perfect drug you would have had to go to Tower Records and buy lost highway directed by david lynch ost cd soundtrack
1: or go to the import section and uh... oh yeah
0: (laughs) jess we have fye in the mall again
1: oh wait really
0: yeah i think we should go
1: oh wait is it in a tiny shit store yeah yeah we went in there together i just it's really overpriced there what they have
0: yeah if something was good enough i'd be willing to
1: but just mall record stores
0: I got some of my best Nine Inch Nails stuff no, at I the mall record store I back know. when it was an Fye. I got my and all that could have been box set. Anyway,
1: I just would rather support a local shop than I would a oh, chain. Okay.
0: Well, you didn't buy it at the local shop. I think we should go and if it's still there, I'm going to buy it because I got that uh, uh, gift certificate I don't from think Logan. You know
1: what they're talking about? Are you talking about the perfect drug versions. Yeah. Okay.
0: So the perfect drug, <laughs> Halo Eleven versions.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, also. Uh, if you happen to have the triple 12 inch vinyl that was released, you would also get a version mixed by Aphrodite that was not released on the any of the CD forms, I believe.
0: Yes, that's right. Um, is that the triple 12 inch um, is the one with the original speed Aphrodite mix? No. No, it's slowed down. Okay, which one has the original? Or did the that original
1: not, speed didn't, appear, didn't until, appear until later on later. the internet? Yes, gotcha. internet.
0: Um, by the way, those who have just tuned in, thank you. Um, <laughs> Hello. Stay tuned for a very exciting guest segment coming soon. Mm-hmm. But within this very episode, we have a very special guest.
1: We do, we do. So, any guess as to where this sat on the pop charts at all?
0: Well, it debuted at number one. No. <laughs> Did not. (laughs) I I would like to know what number one was on that day, but. Ooh, uh,
1: I believe I've used all my free billboard stuff so I can. Oh,
0: no. What was the date?
1: Well, it was released on May 13th, 1997. Okay. My 15th birthday.
0: Jess' birthday release. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's exciting. Jess got it as a birthday present. I did not. Oh, that would have been cool though.
1: It would have been cool, but I didn't.
0: Um, where did it land on the pop charts? All right.
1: Uh, I believe it the... peaked on the Billboard Hot 100 at 46. Um wow. Mainstream rock on Billboard 21 and Alternative Airplay 11. I feel like it was mainstream more of an- Mainstream rock. I feel like it was more of an MTV and alt rock staple uh, yes. for a brief period. I, I mean,
0: I... it's a weird, you know, electronic-y drum and bass song.
1: Yeah. I don't think it was something that was like a big crossover, like closer, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Harder uh, to tap your toe to, though you could still tap your toe pretty damn good to it. I'd argue.
1: Yeah. Do you uh want to play a quick game before we move into um our interview with Ixie and our conversation? Yes, can I Sorry, have a game. Our conversation with Ixie. <laughs> I'll rephrase it. Interview sounds weird. We <laughs> part didn't.
0: interview, part conversation.
1: True. 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 So right before Hesitation Marks was released, The Guardian polled fans and ask them to compile a list of 10 tracks for people who have never listened to Nine Inch Nails. Mm. Like, what, what is a good beginner's guide? Let's do 10 ultimate tracks. This track came in at number eight. Do you think you can name the oh other God. nine tracks?
0: First of all, yeah, it should definitely be on the 10. Uh, if you were going to give people five tracks from Nine Inch Nails, I would put this on it.
1: I think I might too.
0: I mean, because it, as I'll... Yeah. As I will pause it later, it's the sampler platter, so well, great for new
1: It is, and I'm, I talked about people. this a little bit with Ixy, but it has a lot of... This will just be like a personal thing for me. Like, it has a lot of... Uh, it was the first um, Nine Inch Nails single that I got to interact with in real time. Like, um, Yes. I mean, I guess I kind of did with Closer and stuff because of the video, but I wasn't like into Nine Inch Nails. This was when I was like into Nine Inch Nails, so yeah. this really allowed me to interact in real time it was big
0: for you kind of like
1: big enclosure was important was too
0: kind of like in the way of things falling apart was huge for me into the year 2000 the year i was most into here i first yeah. got into nine inch nails
1: so i feel like this track sticks out because it's an anomaly in the discography but also it has a lot of sentimental nostalgic yeah vibes for me personally
0: so the other ones
1: okay try to guess them
0: that 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 readers chose mm-hmm. what publication again the guardian um
1: compiled before hesitation marks was released so okay. it's not going to have anything from oh, okay. hesitation that makes it marks way, or the way easier or the uh, following All right, let's go. EPs. Okay. closer yes number 7 7 mm-hmm.
0: so okay it's it's ranked by a number of votes
1: i'm guessing yeah
0: um march of the pigs
1: number 6 yes
0: head like a hole
1: that is number 9 yes
0: um terrible lie no that was just me uh, Hopeful, wishful <laughs> thinking No uh, I'm thinking of stuff on the Fragile
1: There are Two tracks from the Fragile on Only
0: here. two uh, Jesus uh, I, We're in this together Yes, that's number two. Oh my god, yeah. that's crazy I was maybe thinking it wouldn't even be on there
1: And the other one's a mostly piano track From the Fragile
0: so. Oh, La Mer? Yes that's, that's, that's number kind of five. A, I mean, I don't disagree. It's kind of weird, though. Okay. Um, You're forgetting Broken. Oh, yeah. <sighs> like all of them. Uh, wish. Wish. Any others from Broken? No. Down in it? No. Uh, something I Can Never Have.
1: Yes, number three. Uh, sin? No. There's one more from TDS that you've forgotten.
0: From TDS? Mm-hmm. Uh, P- P- piggy? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it's piggy. a
1: single, but it was not a halo.
0: Hurt. Yes. Of course. Of course. That's hurt. number one. Of hurt. course. Okay. Of course. Do we get them all?
1: You're missing one track, and it's from this one. Surprised me. It's from With Teeth.
0: Oh fuck! I forgot about With Teeth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's kind of sad. Oh, you know what's fucked up? What? What? No With Teeth. No The Slip. No Year Zero.
1: Know the slip, know your zero. It has one with teeth.
0: Yeah, but just one. Yeah. um, It's not the hand that feeds, is it? It is. Number 10. <laughs> okay, just because successful radio single. Okay, Probably, yeah. Interesting.
1: There you go. You got them all. I'm making sure. Oh, I had yes. a lot of help. Good job, Blake. So before we go too far, do you want to go ahead and...
0: We we need some help to talk about the perfect drug. We need some expertise, right? Mm-hmm. A lot lot musically going on here. We need a musical expert. So, who better than the foremost uh, expert on Nine Inch Nails music theory, Ixie from YouTube? Um, should we call her? Sure, let's call her. All right, let's call her up. I got her. I got her on speed dial here. I'm a rotary phone.
1: <laughs> We're going boop old beep, school boop tonight. Boop, beep. Boop, beep. I'll put in a Well, for a rotary phone it made beeping <laughs> it made sounds. Beep.
0: This phone is <laughs> fucked up. I don't know. I'm going to They call did the have phone the company. rotary phones with the press down know. buttons
1: though. Do you remember oh, those? Oh, they had both? Well, it just the rotary dial was there, but you couldn't <laughs> spin it. It just had the button, So it oh, looked like a rotary ridiculous. phone, but you could still press
0: down. Ridiculous the folks. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I'm calling calling XE. All right. So on the line we have a very special guest this time. I know we don't do this often, but we have YouTuber, top influencer, music theorist, discoverer of the trend tone, and the final word on the musical theory of NIN. It's Ixie. Welcome, Ixie, to Nailed.
2: Hey Blake. Hey Jess. Thanks so much for having me. Hey Ixie. Thank you for coming on.
0: Thanks so much for coming on, taking the time. Of course. So, when I first uh found your videos by accident on the internet. I think they were just suggested to me by the algorithm on YouTube. This is before we started making a uh, Nine Inch Nails podcast. I got to watching them and I was like, this person knows so much about music theory. I bet they are some sort of music educator in their life outside of the content creation zone. Um, I guess my question is, what were you doing before you were content creating? Were you a music educator? Was Mm -hmm. my guess right?
2: No, I wasn't. Uh, oh. I, yeah, I've done lots of really interesting things at, for careers in my life, uh, but music educator was not one of them. But it kind of seems like I was destined, you know, all along to do this. So here we are. I think actually the job I had right before doing this was a salesperson for a composting company.
0: The other thing, I was like, if she wasn't a music educator, she's definitely a salesperson for a composting guy. So <laughs> I know. Was it's written all two. over me.
1: Yeah. He did yeah. say that when we were watching the videos. He was like, if she's not a music educator, composting. then... Yeah. Something uh, really crunching granola.
0: Exactly. Yeah. it's, it's it. Okay. I, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> um. So after... Uh, I don't know if there was some overlap with the uh, uh, composting sales, but... What led you into content creation, uh, specifically dissecting Nen and other artists?
2: Well, so um, the pandemic hit and things definitely changed with my job. And I think it was just kind of a confluence of factors. But I decided to kind of like dive back into doing music stuff because I'd kind of been a little burnt out for a while, a little bit like listless about what I wanted to do with music. So I had a lot of time. And I had just moved to a new place with a, with more room. And so I rented a keyboard because I didn't even have one. I had like a little oh, wow. tiny, like 32-key, mini-key keyboard, which actually hurts my hands. <laughs> um, <laughs> got these long fingers. And I got mm-hmm. the keyboard. And I was just thinking, like, one time I was at a party and someone was like, why do I like these Def Leopard songs? Because they kind of seem like crappy songs, but I feel so impacted by them. And then this thing happens in the song and I'm always like, yeah. And so I was like, oh, it's because of this and this and this. And then they were like, do another one. And then all of a sudden they're like, if you did a podcast one day talking about music, I would listen to it. So that kind of was like planted in my head. Like maybe one day I might want to talk about music. I don't know. And help people discover why they love songs. It just seemed really rewarding. So that seed kind of grew over the pandemic, surrounded by all my plants, of course, very inspiring for growth. And I chose Nine Inch Nails almost on a whim. I mean, I love them, but mm. it was just like one day I listened to The Frail and was like, gosh, this is so sparse. This is so cool. How is this working? And I made a video and then I was like, this is fascinating and wonderful and people like it. And I just kept going. And um, I decided to focus on Nine Inch Nails partly because I've always been so like, just, I admired Trent Reznor as a composer and I've never been able to like figure out what he's doing and why it works so well. Because he's just breaking so many rules and it seems like it shouldn't work. Um, right. But also it was like, I wanted to focus on something because I can be a little scattered and kind of get pulled by whatever is interesting. And so I was like, why don't I just just do Nine Inch Nails? Because there's a plethora of material to get through. So that's kind of how it all happened. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this community because I was really isolated, honestly, from all the NIN fans all my life. So this is really awesome. Same, actually.
0: Yeah. Really? You, you found the community in a big way, obviously. And uh, uh, it, the channel kind of blew up. And then we we found the community a little bit later. Um, but thankfully, you went into the YouTube space rather than the podcast space, <laughs> or we might be out of a job. <laughs> when I, when we first started doing this, I was looking through, like, Apple Podcasts app and stuff, and I was like, no one is currently doing a Nine Inch Nails podcast at all. There were, like, several defunct ones. But I was like, we could, we could get into the space and be the only name in the game right now. <laughs> Doesn't what, matter how yeah. bad it is.
2: Well, and it happens to be fantastic. Uh, um, how did you guys decide you. to do the Halo by Halo, like, structure?
1: It just seemed like the easiest way to go. I mean, we talked about, like... Just doing the albums, and then well, I like the main. Yeah,
0: I don't, tell me if you see it this way. Okay, but before I, uh, uh, before we started, nailed me and my band decided uh, in the um, during lockdown decided to start a podcast called Discographology, where we do discographies of artists that we like from the beginning to the end. So just each one album at a time. And Nailed is almost kind of like a spinoff of that, but we're just doing discography of just Nine Inch Nails and taking way, way longer. <laughs> um,
1: Maybe way too long but sometimes. I
0: found later on after we had, I don't know, six episodes in the can, um, there was something out there, I think, called Trent Talk. And hmm. on their like image, it says like, a halo by halo, uh, something, something about Nine Inch Nails. And it's like, oh, we didn't come up with that at all, did we? Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of that obvious thing to go for, I guess, but the, the format clearly works. Yeah. I just hope we are the first ones to make it all the way to Halo 34 and beyond
2: Yeah, <laughs> without quitting. <laughs> you got
0: this. <laughs> Thank you. Well, uh,
1: we're just now on uh, Halo 11 speaking of Halo, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, what we're yeah, here to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. today.
0: Speaking of things, as Ixie said, that seem like they shouldn't work, but do work. <laughs> we came here to talk about the perfect drug. And why it works or does it work?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll answer that question. I'm with
2: stroking him. my goatee right now. Such <laughs> <laughs> a lovely goatee, too. Stroking, Thank you. Uh,
0: yeah. I'm stroking my soul strip, <laughs> which I don't know if there's a real term for what Trent Reznor has in the Perfect Drug video. It's not a soul patch. It goes from the soul patch to like a pencil thin lit. Ooh. A beardlet.
2: What's it called? <laughs>
0: Come on, fashion people! I need. To...
1: Uh, fashion is not the same as facial hair.
2: Okay, that's
0: part of that's part of fat a, no. a, a, aesthetics. It is aesthetic. the perfect
2: stash, okay. though. Whatever it is,
0: <laughs> the perfect. I was trying to think of something that rhymes with drug that is also. Mm. Never mind. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we got to work within our limits. Mm-hmm.
0: So I told you we do tangents, right? <laughs> We're going to talk about facial hair for a while. Um, no, well, <laughs> we wanted to ask. About when we were all babies, right, Jess? Yeah, because I I
1: always had like a a special connection to the perfect drug and to closure because they were the first halos that I could buy in real time and interact with, right? It wasn't like when I discovered the downward spiral, you know, two years after it had been out. You know, it was something that or that
0: got into it anyway. You got to be there for the drop, as they say.
1: Yes, and so this has always been a very special halo to me, and I'm wondering if if you were old enough to, like, interact with it too, if you were aware of them, or, or what exactly like you were doing at this time. This was 1997,
2: 1997. so. No, I, I didn't really get into Nine Inch Nails until around 2000, so I kind of missed all the drops. Um, and then when they started releasing, you know, with Teeth and that era, I was— a little bit like disconnected, I guess, from what was going on with Trent, and didn't really dig back into the discography until 2009. Um, mm. So it's almost like the slip, and then hesitation mm. marks wow. were the drops that I remember, but the rest I discovered, yeah, afterwards. That was cool. Did you like go to a store and buy the Perfect Drug? Well, I the, the CD. I mean, funds and and no.
0: <laughs> she went to the store and bought the Perfect Drug, and then she also bought the CD too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um okay. well i lived in a very small town and we didn't have a record store um but i do remember buying lost highway soundtrack i don't think i got the perfect drug versions until a little bit later um then when you're like, i was what the hell is this it was when i was more like obsessively collecting halos and so that's when i bought the versions it wasn't something i bought as it came out but Yeah, the the perfect drug single when it was released, you know, earlier for Lost Highway. Like I was obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. So I was um, fourteen, and it was or about to turn about to turn fifteen, probably. Yeah, pretty young. But I remember also. uh, I don't know if it just hit for like a teenage girl really hard, but there was like another kind of famous gothy, rocky, electronic, dramatic song at the same time. That was released by Garbage called Number One Crush. It was <gasps> a little bit pretty. It's also, a soundtrack, also a soundtrack song. I love that Also a soundtrack song. I would die yeah, for and you.
2: Oh.
0: Which, okay, do you like the, um, I think it's called Nellie Hooper mix better or original?
2: I don't think I've heard the mix, but I know who Nellie Hooper okay. is now. He's like produced everything, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Like, Listen to both back to back and then report back. Okay,
2: we will do. <laughs> I have my homework.
0: Um
2: yeah, but, I mean, it,
1: they were both just so, like, gothy and dark and romantic and super dramatic. And I was obsessed with both of those songs, like, so much.
0: So Yeah. Dripping with, uh I don't even know what the, what's the.
2: There's melodrama.
0: Sadness. Yeah, yeah. melodrama. Sadness, but in an Edgar Allan Poe way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the Romeo and Juliet way, you know.
0: Exactly. 2000 was 2000 or the tail end of 99 was also the year that I got into Nine Inch Nails and like insanely um, and just devoured everything I could. So the fragile, the perfect drug and all that. So I was a couple, two or three years uh, too late for the drop, but I still got super into it. It was pretty much a love at first listen song. I mean, it was just super up my alley.
1: Were you aware of it, though, when it was out at the time at all?
0: No okay. Well, okay I knew vaguely of it I don't think they played it on the radio or Alt-rock
1: radio more okay. And it it Only. was like a good MTV staple for a while, I feel
0: like I hadn't become a fan, but I knew vaguely of it But I was young, I mean
2: I was know. 15, you were probably 13 Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: 13 Too young to be listening 12, to this, th- this filthy type of music
2: I have a question I'm sorry mm-hmm. if that's okay Yeah Um. Were you guys listening to any any music with break beats like prodigy anything with like drum and bass yeah. as well okay definitely yeah yeah just looked
0: into my soul I was a very much a prodigy teenager
2: <laughs> same
0: <laughs> so I think that's probably why the perfect drug especially the bridge breakdown portion uh, was very up my alley it's the the break beats and all the wild drum stuff going on yeah
2: yeah I really loved it it's kind of like a and then marriage I became a drummer Oh, hey. Yeah. No, that's...
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. It, it marries, well, it marries a lot of things that are nine inch nailsy and also electronic.
1: Very 90s club-y. electronic, like very specific. Very
0: late 90s club electro bangers. I don't know what to call the genres. So people will probably tell me later.
2: I oh, don't like jungle drum and bass kind of yeah, thing. But I, yeah. I'm also not an expert on genres, but. I have a friend who owns a record label, and he and I have talked a lot about jungle and drum and bass. And he's exposed me to a lot of it, and, um, and then I did some more research about it. But, yeah, I think I don't think we need to worry too much about going any deeper than it's jungle and drum and bass is probably the right terms, I
0: think. Okay. Well, what makes yeah. something drum and bass? It sounds like it's self-explanatory. There is bass and there are drums. <laughs> but... I feel like I'm oversimplifying it and real fans would be like, no, you're stupid. It's it's this and this. I feel like you
1: know it when you hear it.
0: <laughs> what is it? What is it though?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. I can offer a few other thoughts, but again, not sure, an expert. Sure. But um I know that drum and mm-hmm. bass is like the bass line and the drum patterns are like linked. Uh like mm. like the bass is not independent of the drums. Whereas in jungle, there's usually more of a like a a definable and maybe even melodic like baseline that has its own personality, uh, and then mm. I think tempo wise, like break beats, like Prodigy was always like a little slower, so maybe like 130, 130 BPM or one forty, and then l- a lot of drum and bass. I guess like starting in the mid to late nineties was more like one sixty, and that makes a big difference too because the less the quicker the tempo, the less time you have to add complexity. So um, all these like subgenres mm. broke off. I think there's something called two-step beats as well. But I think the whole thing started with the Amen Break, that, that drum sample yep. from that uh, funk song, Amen Brother.
0: Amen Brother. Yeah,
2: it's so fascinating. I loved learning about the evolution of that and how like that is yeah been sampled like thousands of times. Yep. We've all the, heard maybe it. Maybe
0: the most sampled break beat. Yeah. Uh, period. It's so good. Um, it's in one of the Perfect Drug remixes- Oh yeah. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. um Which I haven't. Oh, yeah, heard. regarding
0: the tempo stuff, uh, I think it's the meat it might be the Meat Meat Manifesto one. But um one of the uh one of the remixes, the Aphrodite, I think it is, uh, there was a the original version was I don't probably higher than one sixty beats per minute. But um on on the main release, or one of the versions of the release, because there were like six. They did a. They just slowed the whole thing down. Hmm. It has something to do with, like, uh, mainstream audiences may not have been ready for the the sheer speed of of drum and bass music, hmm. something like that. But yeah,
1: basically, you that's can what listen the, at two that's he, tempos. That's what he theorized is that we Americans just weren't ready.
0: I think it's a really good one. <laughs> I I prefer the the faster one. I think I can handle it.
2: Oh, I feel like I'm gonna have a heart attack when those tempos go up. <laughs> And then everyone tells me that's the point, Ixie. and I'm like, okay, well, I guess my heart's just not strong enough. <laughs> I mean, this
0: the Aphrodite one in question is not even doesn't even seem that wildly fast. Mm-hmm. I think it's perfectly manageable. So I, I think they should have just released it as is, not done this weird slowdown thing. But also, Trent's uh, Trent's vocals are sped up with it, hmm. so it's like a high pitched Trent going. On, <laughs> in the in the mix there, it's a yeah. bit so slowing off-putting. it down.
1: You know, deepened the vocals so it's not like off
0: putting. When I put on when I was a teenager and I, I I was familiar with like "Fat of the Land" and "Breathe" and stuff. These are Prodigy uh, titles. Um, and I went to the used record store and got an early Prodigy record. I put it on, and it's like these really sped up vocal samples and break beats. And I was like, what, what exactly is this? This isn't breathe. This isn't fire starter. <laughs> it's, it's a weird high pitched, um, <laughs> the vocals. Uh, I just didn't understand the genre at the time, I guess.
2: Wow. I don't even know if I've heard drum and bass with like pitched up vocals like that or like sped up I, and chip monkey.
0: I'm not saying they're oh. drum and bass. Oh, okay. I, I don't know enough to pinpoint what the genre of early prodigy was and we have some listeners who will point it out for us oh later.
2: right prodigy okay got it yeah
0: yeah i'm sorry i for some reason i'm back on on prodigy because i'm thinking about my teenage years and some of the first cds i ever bought Yep. um anyway let's talk about the perfect drug while we can
1: yeah i guess i was just wondering how you came to it if you had discovered it as a, a young person or yeah
2: no i was like fully in my 20s and i was i kind of like consumed it around the same time i heard like i don't know most of the discography, except the Downward Spiral and Pretty Hate Machine, which I was already really familiar with. But yeah. it so it kind of got rolled into like my rediscovery of Nine Inch Nails. Um, so yeah, I kind of missed out on like connecting to it on a more emotional level. Yeah, but I always loved it. I always thought it's such a cool. So song. you liked
0: it right away? Had I a good did. Reaction to I it.
2: did. I liked it right away. Yeah, I was into I did it too.
0: Yeah. Um, I've called this one The Perfect Drug, the sampler platter of 9-inch nails because <laughs> tell me if this makes sense it it's kind of like the song's going to show you all the different things Trent Reznor can do he has this mode and he has this mode um so he has crunchy electronic uh drum mode and and plinky guitar mode and also power um you know power chord uh, Distorted within an inch of its life, uh, guitar chorus. It also has strange uh, breakbeat, drum bass stuff, uh, electronic experimentations, and then it, finally, it also has melancholy, gothy piano uh, ballad, whatever that is. At the end, it has a sad it all.
1: coda at the end. But you only <laughs> yeah. get
0: bite-sized amounts of each piece of what what Trent can do. Wow, there's no question there.
2: <laughs> I, just... I love that. I thought I thought you were going to say something about like how much they've sampled things to make the song. <laughs> so that is, but you're you're right. There is kind of like, kind of hits a lot of his uh, his modes. Is this, so you guys probably know about more about this than I do, but I was just reading a quote where he was saying like, I was kind of at the time trying to figure out what my sound was, and this was kind of an yeah. experiment. Is that? Yeah, I mean. It sounds like it. Basically, <laughs> he's always talked
1: about how it's kind of like, not one of the strongest things he's ever done. And he's maybe not that fond of it personally. Uh, But it was one of the first times that he let like trendy kind of music that he was listening to at the time really affect what he was making and just kind of played around with, you know, those elements of drum and bass and, you know, jungle, whatever that we hear in the song. And
2: that's why it's also such an anomaly, right? Like
0: yeah it's different
2: did he (laughs) is there another song in his discography maybe this is like blasphemous because it's not in order but that he used some drum and bass grooves because i feel like i have this like memory but this is the main song but did he ever experiment with breakbeats again
0: i mean he definitely took beat sampled beats yeah but there's a difference between yeah that and what they call the genre of breakbeats right um I don't know. There's nothing quite like it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I could even be thinking of a remix or something that someone else did. You know, where yeah, they brought I mean, in breakbeats or something. But yeah, I mean, you sure. could think you could think of this as like yeah, Trent's drum and bass song, right?
0: And here's the more more on the semantics of, of drum and bass. The for most of that bridge portion, when the drums are going nuts, there is not a bass line. True. So like, why is it? what makes is it still drum and bass then (laughs) it's just drum and synth and some guitar right like i don't know what's what
2: and you know and he doesn't try to fit into any genre right so he's not worried about it i mean the guy combined acoustic guitars with break beats
0: (laughs) what's your um what's your take on what is being played it's i mean it sounds like an ultra palm muted really deadened acoustic guitar of some sort but but i don't i couldn't place what type of, is it's like is somebody like plucking a mandolin what
2: oh yeah for like the
0: verse dun, 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 i dun, wish dun, 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 i could dun, say
2: dun, dun, i uh i don't play guitar so i mean i only just learned what palm meeting is because of people commenting <laughs> on my videos and telling me which has been great um but I, I mean it sounds i don't know if it's i guess i assumed it was an acoustic guitar maybe it's electro yeah. or
0: it's just but it's so... It's just so deadened. It's, it's deadened. Probably treated. Mm. Yeah. Just like... Maybe, I mean, in the studio, they'll, they'll like, you know, stick stuff in the sound hole and make it even more dead. Yeah. I'd like to imagine that they're actually playing whatever the things that they are in the music video, like...
1: <laughs> the old-timey instruments. Danny
0: and Charlie <laughs> and Chris Brenna. Just
1: playing a dusty...
0: A cello or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't know what those are, but they do look like... I'd have to look at the video again,
0: closely. Some kind of Victorian instrument.
2: I like how they keep looking different directions with the beat.
0: Yes. Right. The cuts are so fast. I'm like, I wanted to see that a little bit more, what he was playing. (laughs) Mm.
2: I guess the song also has a lot of fast cuts too, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No kidding.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I just assume it's guitars, but I really like how it's like, you can definitely hear the low end of the guitar, but you also hear just this like, almost like annoying, but like in a good way, like high end picking noise, you know, every time. Yeah. Scratching it. You hear you. the pick. Yeah. You hear the pick. Yeah. Definitely exactly.
0: close mic'd. Yeah. You know, close enough to hear to hear pick on string.
2: I've never heard uh I mean, this is probably more about me than it is about music in general, just like me not being exposed to the right things. But I guess I haven't really heard a whole lot of musicians make acoustic guitars or electroacoustic guitars sound so menacing and so like textured <laughs> and like kind of harsh. I mean, in the becoming on, um, you know, still, it's very, like, it's very menacing. It's like, how is this happening? It's an acoustic guitar. I associate that with really good feelings. It's cool. (laughs)
0: Right. Maybe he listened to a lot of, like, Leonard Cohen or something where Mm -hmm. it it sounds spooky, (laughs) even though he's playing an acoustic. Spooky.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Um, it was fun figuring out those... uh, what the, those, those guitars are doing. It's all very chromatic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just do, 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 right. do, do, All these little little movements that completely disorient you. And it's like Almost good like luck finding a key the, for this song at that point. Right. Yeah.
0: Like the, uh, a little bit like The Wretched mm-hmm. where it's just a chromatic going up. Yep. But like trying to figure out what – and it happened so fast in both examples – it's like what the hell is being played exactly?
2: Yeah, he was really into chromaticism, especially ascending chromaticism um during like yeah, Broken. Also the downward spiral. I mean, if you think about um
0: I mean, there's ascending and descending. I mean, think of the think of the motif. The motif's not chromatic but partially.
2: Mr. Self Destruct. Oh. Like during the chorus, it's all chromatic. And then he yeah. also continued doing that during the Fragile era too. Um yeah. pilgrimage and uh some, somewhat damaged da-na-na-na, da-na-na-na.
0: oh yeah somewhat damaged is the best example of a of a chromatic progression i think maybe in the in the catalog
2: yeah
0: uh just so simple but but so effective and that one starts with an acoustic guitar that sounds That's really true. menacing true
3: it does yes
0: that leads in well to a question that i had which i'm assuming you've already made some video content about it but i was like how is she gonna Transpose this one to piano when so much of it, uh, especially the bridge, kind of the verse to sounds kind of a melodic. And I'm also throwing Trent's vocal lines uh, like in the verses Mm -hmm. uh, in there, too. It's like even just uh, isolating them today with the stems. It's like he some of it sounds more spoken than sung. Yeah. Was it hard to transpose to piano notes?
2: Um. Not as hard as I thought. I also was really dubious. I was like, is he even singing notes here? Um, you know, yeah. am I going to be able to, but yeah, I mean, when I just kind of listen a little closer after that first initial uh, line, you know, what is the first lyric? Um, I got my head. I got my head, my right. Unraveling. Yeah. So that, he's definitely sounds like he's just kind of talking, talk singing yeah. and he could do it any which way and it would still sound like the song because it's not tied to a melody you know and with all that chromaticism underneath him it doesn't really sound like a tonal song at first you know it's just kind of texture and sound yeah. design and mood and aggression and you know but then when he starts singing um the next part is i go can't along control i can't
0: can't keep control can't keep track of where it's traveling mm-hmm. that part
2: I've got my heart, but my heart's no good. And yeah.
0: you're the only one. That's after done. that. Let's all just kind of sing it that right now. A,
2: after oh, that. I
1: Come Along, but I don't know I where you're along. taking me.
2: Yeah. yeah. So when he starts yeah. doing a Come Along, he he does start singing. It's still very, like his delivery though is kind of a, it's a less committal. It's not like a very pure tone, you know, um, but he is singing at that point. And I could map out those pitches, but I'll tell you when I did, I started playing on piano. It was like. It sounds pretty different, you know, to have the the pitches so definite and so pure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it turns out just like it always does. It's beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. You always end up making it sound very pretty regardless, even if it's like.
2: It just is. It's just kind of getting all of that beauty, I think, is just getting buried. And I think he likes it that way. A lot of the time, you know that you have to kind of work for yeah. it, oh yeah, it's not just served to you on a silver platter
0: like this the, and hurt uh, a beautiful uh almost ballad he's like, you know what, let's go ahead and bury this under uh a mountain of noise, just absolute garbage noise right let's make it sound really bad
2: yep, and put his vocals way in the back too like yeah, don't yeah. listen to me, don't even hear me.
0: It's a good metaphor for like not being confident enough in your own music-making abilities that you don't want people to hear, put the, put the vocals way, way, way down. It's always been my go-to.
2: Yeah. I think he said that that too in the Song Exploder uh, interview. That's kind of what he was doing. And I think it's panned, yeah. hard yeah. panned too. Anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, but so what about the bridge when it's it's nothing but drums, maybe one note's worth of synth and some really a melodic guitar stuff going on. What are you going to do on piano during that part?
2: (laughs) Well, um, to make a piano cover of A Perfect Drug and include the drum solo, um, I guess what I would have to do is like kind of knowing what key it's in and kind of picking um, some of the pitches that he's kind of drilling into our heads over and over again in the song. And maybe just, like, coming up with, like, block chords and a lot of really low notes and kind of just almost playing the accented rhythms of the drums. I mean, really, the piano is a percussion instrument, right? So it's got such (laughs) a strong attack. um, I think I would just... I mean, in other times where there's nothing really tonal going on, I'll just try to, like, as best I can, approximate the feeling. Like, if he's, like breathing or grunting or screaming, you know, like mash the keys, right, to kind of like get a general like noise sound. Um, but I haven't made a full cover of the song yet. I played around with a few ideas. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we'll see.
0: Okay. Awesome. And then the the end portion of the song, you just kind of got your work cut out for you because that's the most melodic <laughs> Oh, it's part. so beautiful. Literally has piano in it.
2: It does. With Trent lying on the piano, like, <laughs> woe is me. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, he, has a, he actually has a fainting piano. <laughs> Not a fainting couch, a fainting piano. Yes. Um, do you think that's John Lennon's Mellotron? Uh, I've been asking anyone who will listen the last few days.
2: Oh, the flutes? Yeah. Oh, you know, I hadn't thought about it.
0: Every time I hear a flute, something's like a flute, like in the title track, The Downward Spiral.
1: Yeah, I mean, he might have still had it when we, he was recording he this song.
0: He, we know he had it in that era.
1: Yeah, because he used it on Manson's. I bet you're right. It's on,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I, there's no way he hired a flautist. Right. Like, he's like, I've got these tapes from John Lennon. I've, I'm not taking out the tapes. So I've never once changed the tapes. I might as well use the flute samples that are in there.
2: That is a good point. I bet you're right. But I can't confirm.
0: I would love to know where that thing is now, too. Oh, I just want a mellotron so
2: bad. <laughs> Get this man a um, mellotron. You hear that? Have world? you heard
0: of? Have you heard of an Optigon?
2: I don't believe so.
0: It's like a relative to the mellotron, but it used optical discs. Uh, very this ancient technology that had like a uh, different disc with like circus orchestra sounds, and you'd load it into your noisy little Optigon organ. It's made by the Mattel Corporation. Anyway, I, I had to dig into it when I was learning about Fiona Apple. She used one very briefly. Um, wow. I want one of those, two. That's what I'm getting at.
2: I was curious if y'all knew anything about who wrote the song, because when I looked at the credits, um, they Danny list tre- listed.
1: Who? Isn't Danny Lohner also yeah, listed as? Danny's He's listed, credited as a
2: songwriter. And so is Chris Vrenna, and so is Charlie Clouser. And so I was thinking about that, about like, wow, that's a lot more people writing this song than usually get credit on National songs. And I wonder how that affected that feeling of like so many different styles or all the drum programming, like if that was Charlie.
0: I have a little more, not a cynical take, but just that they were, that credits can maybe be more of a contract negotiation than a reflection of the reality of what happened in their... On the day of recording, but hmm. th- th- I don't know. I don't. I couldn't guess at what they would have contributed. Yeah. But also, Robin Fink's not on there because it was during a short time when he was gone, maybe on not great terms, and so it's kind of sad to hear everyone but Robin Fink and be named. And to see
1: everyone in the video, but Robin. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: like Robin should be on one of those big cellos. Oh, he be dressed in
1: Edwardian costume. Right.
0: We need <laughs> an Edwardian Robin. Oh. No. Um. That is a good that's question, fair. though. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. When I looked up, I, I, uh, I thought Danny was on this actual songwriting credit. So I don't know if... if uh, did you say that Clauser and uh, René were both songwriting? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Blake always used to say, write a word, get a third. So that,
0: That's, not, that's <laughs> not me that said it. Maybe they did. Maybe they wrote lyrics.
2: Yeah, I'm just they kind of curious helped. about the the breakbeats too, and just all that. Well, yeah. we'll get we'll
1: get Danny on and we'll ask him.
2: There we go. Yeah, he's, there he's
0: there we coming go. on next mm-hmm. week. Yeah, um, we know that Chris Vrenna, or we've heard that his he had the job of pulling samples for Trent Reznor, so he maybe he could have done some of that on this, and that's why he gets credit.
2: That's true. Um, yeah, maybe.
0: Klauser is a, a synth and programming genius, so he could have done any number of things in that department. Yeah, Loner's just like, I don't know, a cool guy to hang out with.
2: <laughs> his, some of his remixes of Nine Inch Nails' songs have really impressed me. And mm-hmm. I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to hear more from him. Oh, I had a question for y'all. What do you guys think yes. about, and, uh, this is, I'm not sure if this is something you thought about, but I'm just curious. Did you Have you noticed or have any thoughts about how much like creepy falsetto Trent is on this track?
0: Yeah, and soloing it up, in the stems is is amazing. I'm going to drop some of that into this episode. I'm
1: kind of scared. I heard Blake playing with the stems it's earlier. Really, and I'm like, that's going to be really right, in here, like, right in here.
0: And I love that it's before the auto-tune era. So you know that he was just laser beam nailing these pitches. And I, I personally really like it.
2: Yeah. It kind of reminded me a little of how he sounds um, in Mr. Self-Destruct and also in um, Heresy. Yeah. you know yeah. and it almost like the subject matter of the song too kind of made me reminded me of that feeling of like there's something trying to con- you know control him and this falsetto just keeps popping up when he's talking about things like that like another voice right or another persona or or a representation yeah. of something that he can't escape and that's manipulating him
0: i think i mean and i mean yeah for sure and we see those similar themes crop up again and again and what you said just reminded me of the song that I was going to compare it to. It's not like this song, but I thought that lyrically it was kind of like another version of Closer. Because um, mm-hmm. it's like, it's another, I am a piece of shit song. You are the only one who makes me better. Um, but where in this one, it's uh, likened the person or whoever it is. Likened to a drug or and closer more likened to a god or a religion, I don't Dude. know if that tracks.
2: yes, that's really cool. This one has a sadness to it, like like closer kept things kind of so funky and almost playful <laughs> and like circus like at times, yeah, you know this one feels a lot more severe and serious. And that ending with the with the mellotron flutes, I'm just gonna say mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the piano. No, it's you know, um, it's it's tragic, right? It's yeah. like,
0: and yeah. then add the music video visuals in there, and it's yes, more so tragic.
2: Safe, the, you have the visuals of
1: this like haunted man
0: and the ghost of a child, and yeah,
1: it just makes it so much more uh, sad. Um, but yeah, I remember, didn't we play the perfect drug for Elliot, and she was like. Oh, He's so sad. Like at the end, like that <laughs> this was her is our, reaction. Our eight-year-old
0: niece. Yeah. We had, we did a little thing where we had her listen to like an hour's worth of Nine Inch Nail songs and react. Kids react. One of those wow. little clickbait things.
1: <laughs> had to play clean ones. So perfect. Drug play, gun we on did there. the
0: cleanest we could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we played. Uh, we played everything. Oh, and, yeah, we played we played the first 5 seconds of everything and she wouldn't stop making fun of the way he vocally entered the song and so we had to turn it off.
1: Uh, so, she's a jerk. Now she just trolls me.
0: She sent t- tell her about the text messages. I Even
1: don't know. Nice just sometimes she's in bed and she has her iPad until her mom her mom can turn it off. There's like an app you know, that parents can use and shut down their kids' iPads mm-hmm. or take away their time or whatever. And so uh, sometimes she text messages me before bed, just random stuff, and she started texting me, like, Weezer lyrics and telling me that Rivers was the hottest person ever. And she sent a GIF of Trent Reznor in the Closer video and then just wrote <gasps> dumb underneath it with a finger
2: pointing. Oh, up I saw that on Instagram.
0: <laughs> yeah, that made uh, me mad.
1: I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Like I was dying.
0: (laughs) We need to talk to her parents. (laughs) Hey, her
1: gift search impresses me. Like But
0: her favorite band is The Killers, so I'm not not necessarily taking uh, her her opinions on stuff.
1: When I was eight, my favorite band was probably like new kids or something. So don't make fun of her. The killers is way better. Mine was
0: weird Al or something like that.
2: Damn. Some good taste. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean we've always had impeccable taste, clearly. Um I had a few things lyrically. Um and I know you've stated in your videos you're no you're no lyrical expert and also I am no uh I'm also not a person who pays that much attention to lyrics as bad as that sounds. Jessica is the person who uh, I think most uh gets into lyrics and and music. Sometimes. But first of all, what does it mean to be all stupid eyed.
1: <laughs> oh, that one, st-
0: that one stood out to me.
1: Hi AF,
0: I see the truth
1: what... when I'm all stupid eyed. Isn't that the lyric?
0: Okay, I didn't think of it that way, but I think you, you're on to something. Because uh-huh. we're talking about drugs. Yeah, I'm all stupid eyed. Drugs can make your eyes go stupid,
1: and sometimes you can see the truth when you're on them. Yep, depends on the drug.
0: The truth.
2: People have epiphanies sometimes.
0: The Timothy Leary type truth.
2: Mm-hmm. That's. I, I think when I was younger, I, when I wasn't really paying attention, I probably thought he was talking about like, you know, when you're in love or something, mm-hmm. just like okay. stupid eyed. Your even eyes
0: turned to hearts? Literally,
2: exactly. Uh, imagining hearts in the eyes. The analogy. Um, remember that um, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. The movie? Yes. They, you know, they, they blend in animation and live action. And I feel like there's definitely some scenes where one of the characters is got like heart eyes and <laughs> yeah. heart, I believe like, that might be Roger himself out. it might be Roger yeah his heart be him. Yep. Well, I mean yeah I mean you, you <laughs> the heart is like coming out of his his yeah. shirt too yes and it's like I st- think... the fabric stretching <laughs> that's kind of the stupid eye I was thinking but now that I think about it no you're probably right it's probably talking about a drug high making it clear right. clear because a... people don't see the truth well when they're stupid eye in love right when they're like infatuated Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you phases? really see yeah. the truth or are you just seeing what you want to see? Yeah,
3: mm.
0: That's good. Stroking my I didn't goatee think again. about it that deep. I just, I, That always stood out to me. I was like, wait, is he saying stupid eyed? Like before I could verify lyrics on the internet. So.
1: Yeah. Stupid eyed. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of bad lyrics that you can verify. Yes. So for the longest time, you know, the lyric, my blood wants to say hello to you.
0: We have a misheard lyric here. Misheard
1: lyric for a long time. I feel so. What'd what do you think it was? My body wants to say hello <laughs> to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, I want to get no, with you.
0: <laughs> you got it twisted. That's a John Mayer song. Wrong song.
1: Sorry.
0: Uh, that's funny. No, that whole verse has some things that are kind of iffy. I'm like, what did he say? Um, yeah. Yeah. My blood wants to say to lo- hello to you is another one that I wrote down as kind of weird. Like, what do we make of that? Uh, drugs. Yeah. Also, drugs.
1: <laughs>
2: Intravenous ones. <laughs> Intravenous drugs. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing.
0: <laughs> but also, yeah, just like yeah, my just the mixing of of each other's blood maybe the most gruesome metaphor you could make for becoming one with someone or wh- however did you want. Did, did did
1: did you ever do like a blood brothers thing? Th-
0: Thankfully, I think I've always been germophobic, and I never did a blood brothers blend. I did a blood, blood sisters thing. Disgusting. Absolutely <laughs> you disgusting.
1: Yeah, I remember. How did you like, do my it, friends? My friend's mom suggested it, which is oh, weird okay, now that I'm an adult then. and I'm thinking put her about in jail. it. Put her in jail. And she just, you know, said, oh, you could be blood sisters and no! prove that you're forever friends. <laughs> and I was probably like in third grade. And so she just pricked our fingers oh, with God. a needle and oh, then pushed God. them together. And then we had like this little written I, letter and we put our bloody fingerprints
0: I'm on it. I'm actually Googling <laughs> statute of limitations on blood sister <laughs> parent encouragement. <laughs>
1: Her mom was a weird mom. I mean, yeah, I'm, not no gonna, I'm not gonna
2: not gonna lie. Um, it
0: was a gen- weird mom. But yeah, the intravenous drug thing is is one of the users of genius.com. I don't know if you use that website, XE.
2: Oh yeah, sometimes yeah.
0: Um, always some very goofy user yeah. commentary.
2: But I think that makes
1: sense what they're saying there.
0: One stood out to me, uh, for the li- for the line. You make me hard, and I put hard in all caps because yeah. he really yells hard. You make <laughs> me hard when I'm all soft inside. A Genius.com user, I thought that th- somebody was going to be like, wink, wink, yeah. you know, you know, you know. But their annotation was, the woman Reznor is singing about is there for him when he's not feeling all that good.
2: <laughs> you make okay. me hard. My brain's just going kind of dot, dot, dot right now. Yeah. I don't when
0: I just never thought very and I didn't think more about it than surface level ever, I don't think. But
2: yeah, I don't you know. think I did either. Cause I could see soft meaning vulnerable mm-hmm, and hard yes. meaning like, you know, strong, but I could also see mm-hmm. hard meaning like I'm walling myself off. And the softness mm-hmm. is like my real tenderness. And yeah, oh, wow. so yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of a nice, nice uh, opposite, right? Nice little contrast there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um more uh, uh ambiguous ones in that. I think that same verse, "My fears want to get inside of you." That's maybe the weirdest one. fears they
3: want to get
0: inside I mean, of you." Did, you're the fears. you're the more lyrical person, Jess. What do you what do you make of that one? "My fears want to get inside of you." Like my fears are going to leave
2: me. Mm-hmm. Maybe they <laughs> infect they infect him. Maybe. Maybe. I feel like fears wouldn't be transferable. I feel like fears only multiply.
0: Yeah. I think that's true in real life, maybe. But in the Trent Reznor song logic, everything is an infection that he wants to put on uh, some kind of savior lover uh, figure, like a reptile or closer or any of that. Get these fears out of me and... In you? <laughs> take not,
1: them. Take them away. I don't want very them anymore. Ni- yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not very nice to the, no. to the other person.
1: Probably not fun to date in the
0: 90s, huh? <laughs> so date, this song is actually just about dating in
1: the 90s. <laughs> well, I meant dating him in the 90s. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> Notoriously a great 90s dater, Trent Razor. <laughs>
2: That's why you saw him out with all those models in the 90s. I mean, if anyone wants to save their boyfriend, though, they would be very attracted to lyrics like this, right?
0: And I could fix him, GF, uh e- Edgar Allan Poe, BF. Yeah,
3: there you <laughs> go. <situation. laughs>
0: and then the last thing that I thought was that stood out was at the very end, it's well, he says without you everything falls apart. Without you, it's not as much fun to pick up the pieces. Is it ever fun to pick up the pieces?
2: Ah, uh, yes. yes. No,
1: but it's more fun if there's someone else to help you. It's less terrible. <laughs> exactly. It's less awful to reconstruct your life if you have support.
0: Je- Jess sometimes calls me a pet aunt a lot because I am. This sentence implies that not only is it is it fun to pick up the pieces, it's more fun to pick up the pieces when I'm with you.
2: <laughs> I actually think I agree more with that. I, I kind of always thought that there was some sort of self-destructive Behavior. You wouldn't do that, right? Like, without it's like it's fun to fall apart, you know. Like, like or not fun, but um, you know, because when like self-destructive yeah. cycles can be like almost like pleasurable in a way, right? And and yeah, they can, especially if you feel like you're kind of coming out of like um
0: out of the cycle, out of that the spiral, yeah. the spiral,
1: and you kind of feel like okay, this is fresh, this is new, and I can I can handle this, you know. You mm. can slowly start easing yourself back into. More normal. Like more functional or like. Yes. When we, you're like, okay, I can, I can handle this. I've got this kind of mentality that kind of happens as you're coming out of.
0: Cycling. Mm-hmm. I guess we shouldn't be shocked by that. It's kind of like the main themes of the downward spiral and the fragile are all about that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. So in this episode, are you guys talking about the remixes too? We Or is will, that a different halo? Uh, yeah. No, it's No, it'll be this, on this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard any of them.
0: I was I liked them. I liked some of them more than I thought I would.
2: What are your favorites? They're I
1: really like the Aphrodite, Aphrodite one. Aphrodite, which on is there. not
0: on the US version. Okay, um, no,
1: it's it's only available on the twelve inch.
0: Well, yeah, but nobody has that. Some
1: um, people do. They sell them DJs for quite a bit it. of money.
0: <laughs> the, no, what's the other one that's good? Um, Space Time Continuum. I like that one.
1: Mm-hmm. I like the plug one. I think plug. Cool. The second one. I don't know how they have it. Uh, it might be credited to Plug or Luke Vibert.
0: And I think it's only UK. This is always kind of an annoyance with some Nine Inch Nails releases, the regular original song not being on the Halo. Mm-hmm. And you it's don't, you, you you don't European, get it on there unless it's the, yeah, the UK version, I think.
1: European, Australian, and uh, South African versions.
0: And then later they just tacked it on, we're in this together, so...
1: But it's a slightly different version. I think it fades out instead of just kind of. Oh, the ending. hard
0: cut. How, yeah. what, how do you like that hard cut? We God knows Trent Reznor loves a hard cut off at the end of a to end a song.
2: Oh yeah, that ending.
0: What do you? Yeah, not as much fun to pick up the piece it and then you don't hear the S. Yep, yep. And then it's just hard cut. Hard cut. So strange.
2: Yeah, it it is. It's there. There are several times in that song where they kind of. Um, subvert your expectations with, like, the timing of things. Either it's rhythmically or it's, like, the phrasing. And that's something he does in general. But, Mm -hmm. um, like, the beginning also, the intro. It feels like you're coming in on a half note or something. He he actually enters the musical phrase on the second measure, on the second note. So we're not even hearing the full... Uh, da, da, yeah. da, 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 it does da, feel like you're coming yeah. into something that's already started. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like That you're like, part will
0: throw you off. Yeah.
2: yeah so you're totally thrown and they, they do that a couple other times. You repeat something three times instead of like the four. Um, so you're kind of always on your toes. And then at the end, it just cuts off and it seems like things are starting to come to an end. So you are kind of sort of preparing, but it still feels totally premature. And the chord that it ends on is completely unresolved. And it, yeah, it just feels like... The analogy I was thinking of is like just slamming a book shut. Like some, you're reading a story yeah. and you're really into it. And then someone just comes along and just goes, bam. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very yeah. jarring and sad. We, we I would and throw and that book right at Blake's head if he did that to <laughs> me. So. Don't mess with me when I'm reading.
0: Are you a fan of the music video, by the way? I was
2: going to ask you about the music video. Okay. Um, I do really like it. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's really artistic. I, I read that Trent wasn't. I guess he felt that it was kind of excessive or something, uh, at, at times, but, um, or maybe I'm misunderstanding what he was, what he was saying, but I think it's really, really creative and, and cool. I mean, I am really, really curious about the facial hair though.
0: <laughs> I know. Because I know. It, it,
2: it, it was just for that video or was it, was he doing that during, um, I'm Afraid of Americans? It was Americans? an era, Okay, of. okay. Yeah, I think he had the same or a variation of, of it on I'm Afraid of Americans. He had like just a, variation. a strip. Just, just, the, just strip. the strip, right, okay. That's
0: and right. And Bowie had an almost identical strip, and it's like, what are they both doing? <laughs> Did they plan
2: it? They're strip brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's They're when actually, you put your strip,
2: sacred you touch your strips together. It's more sacred than blood, I've heard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Um but okay, Mark Romanek, director of Closer. But to me, this one is more like the other stuff in Roman uh, Romanic's uh, back catalog. Where he's a really slick director, slick and glossy. Th- mm. This video looks more slick and glossy like, yeah. like you expect from Romantic. where closer is everything but Glossy, it's dirty and grimy and gritty and and gross
2: yeah this one definitely it has works. a magical kind of vibe too it's just like it's 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 highly cinematic like like very but yeah, yeah. in a, a ho- almost a hollywood way but it it's still pretty cool um i actually yeah. would like to watch it more i've probably only seen it a few times um and i didn't grow up with the music mm-hmm. video so that was my question for y'all when you when you got the release like was that paired with the experience of the music video like are the, is the song and the music video inextricably linked for you yeah kind of kind of like with closer too uh they they are the i think the
1: the concept really fits with the song like the the edwardian clothes and the the, the blue tint and then it turns like green whenever he i guess is supposed to be tripping on absinthe you know um but i just really like the the landscapes and the shots and it was pretty much I think all of it was shot in studio like they built those sets
0: yeah it looks like soundstage
1: so it was very expensive it was one of the most expensive videos at the time I think almost a million dollars is what I've heard so wild because everything was built you know and you had all these cool props and I'm I think Klauser went on a reddit and said it was a five-day shoot um but only like the band members like he and Chris And uh, Danny were there for just one day. And then the rest of the time it was finishing up everything. So there's some cool inspiration for it that we'll talk about.
0: And anytime you work with water, it's going to take more time and more money.
1: (laughs) And or if you're in like a a refrigerated room or something where or like a freezer room where you're. Yeah you know, where your breath is coming out and the condensation. Um, um, I no, think me, Romantic did that because he liked, you could see the singing. Like you can oh, never really uh, see vocals, oh, but you can if you're like in cool. the, literally. Yeah, I liked how he put that. I can see the singing. Like. So.
0: It, it was not linked to me when I first heard Perfect Drug because uh, I, I don't think I saw the video until, it's on closure, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I saw the video until I watched the closure VHS. It's on there. Um, but it was just this song, you know, visual free in my head. And it was, it was awesome. I didn't need the video, but I also liked the video. Mm
1: -hmm. I liked the sophisticated Edwardian goth look too. Mm -hmm. Very cool.
0: (laughs) It's really, it's really a mood.
2: Yeah. I like how cognizant the editor was of the music too. Like, you know, and even the director, right. It was just so Mm -hmm. well-timed. I mean, I guess that happened in the closer video too, right. With the heart pumping in time and.
0: The heart's perfect because the heart was something we were already thinking of in our heads, at least I think we were, before we ever saw the video.
2: (laughs) Totally. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, of course it's a heart beating.
2: Well, I look forward to listening to the whole episode where you guys talk more about the video.
0: Yes, we'll go into it in depth. Um, uh,
1: Before we go, do you want to tell us about any projects you're working on? Can I say something
0: about one of them? Sorry. No, I just wanted to say uh, I really, I think we both really enjoyed Ixie's Piano Reimagining Album of the Downward Spiral, like the best piano reimagining of uh, an album I've maybe ever heard, because there's a lot of stuff like that out there. But um, Damn, thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. So it's like, uh, is it like everywhere now?
2: Mostly, yes. Um, I'm still working with my distributor on separating the album from another artist called Ixie in another country. Oh, wow. Who releases very different music. So oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, no. um on Spotify it's separate, but everywhere else it's still I'm still bonded to oh. this person. Um oh. so hopefully that'll get sorted out soon, but it's also yeah. on Bandcamp. And on Bandcamp, there is a bonus track where I sing. Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. But is also kind of liberating. I know. I like sang a warm place. Which doesn't have oh. lyrics, so I'm just kind of like... Yeah. I'm just kind of... sing
0: sang the one song without...
2: Uh, yep, that's what I would do, of course. <laughs> I just kind of was like, I feel like with a lot of reverb, I listening to sort of the chords of a warm place, I feel like I'm in a church. And I'm not even religious, mm-hmm. but it felt really, I don't know, like reverent or something. And mm-hmm. um, it was kind of cool. It was a cool experiment. So that's only on Bandcamp because I do not want everyone listening to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Behind that paywall. You want to hear, yes, you got to pay. Yes,
2: exactly. You got to pay um, to hear my voice, guys.
0: <laughs> and We also sing a lot more behind our paywall. No, um,
2: <laughs> Are you car singers? So,
0: yeah. What? Do you
2: sing in the car? Jessica, oh, I Jessica do. Blake is does
0: not, singer. and it freaks
1: me out. How can you not be a car singer? I,
0: I'm just sitting there, like, listening intently.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm over there singing along Screaming. as loud as possible to Robin or whatever. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um so check that out um thanks Blake. on Bandcamp and everywhere. Check out the ixie YouTube channel.
1: Well, okay. our uh patrons did ask that we send um their love to you. Aww So, yeah.
0: We got a lot of mutual patrons, so Yeah, they're, they're, I think we
1: do. Yeah. Uh so I but yeah, that. they just wanted to Sending send love their back. love to you.
2: Thanks so. guys.
0: Well, thanks so much for taking the time to be on and Giving us your input on the perfect drug.
2: Hey, my pleasure. It was really fun. It was the perfect episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that was a fun, fun chat.
0: That was really fun. Uh, I'll put a hang-up uh, sound effect in here. Okay. <laughs> Hanging up a f- old-fashioned phone on its cradle.
1: Make it sound like we're slamming it down because we're really
0: mad. I'll never speak to her again. <laughs> uh, she's still got all those plants. That was cool. Uh, our rotary phone is also a video phone.
1: hmm So, wow, I don't know where to go. I mean, I guess we could just start talking about the versions themselves since we haven't really talked about that yet. Um, yeah,
0: we talked with her about the uh, the regular Perfect Drug. That's right.
1: I definitely want to talk about the video because I've got some interesting stuff on that to talk about. Um, we'll have some more games. But I guess first, I mean, the only thing I can think of is before we start talking about the versions, is we normally talk about live versions of, of performances. And this yeah. song was not performed live until 2018, and it debuted at mm-hmm. Red Rocks
0: place we're going yay! yeah it was the song they thought would never be done live I don't mm-hmm. think Reznor had any interest in doing it live kind of seemed like an un- unplayable mm-hmm. or maybe not worth trying well Although many fans would argue including me that it would be amazing
1: yeah I mean I've I've read some stuff where like they've talked about trying to rehearse it in rehearsals for tours mm. and it just never sounded right and yeah some people theorize that it's the ending of the song because it it's kind of soft, right? Like it's yeah. there's nothing aggressive. I guess it doesn't segue. I don't know. They did. They struggled with the ending.
0: That seems weird because the ending's mo- the m- more straightforward part. But like, I think it would be hard to do the entire long bridge and breakdown and all the weird beats going on.
1: I think a lot of that is programming. So well,
0: yeah, I know. But you mm. also don't want to just. You know, press play on a recording and then walk off stage or whatever, like well, clean, yeah. <laughs> doing Bohemian Rhapsody, and um let that thing go, and then just come back on stage. I mean, they try to put a little more effort into it, so it's hard to strike that balance of recorded yeah. things and playing it live. I think, I think they needed Ilan Rubin in the mix to uh knock out those drums, and I don't know,
1: maybe just the right time.
0: Yeah, just like twenty five years or whatever it was. <laughs> like maybe it's time. To time, do it.
1: time to do it um and resner has said there was like A Q&A in chicago in 2017 and he was asked about playing the perfect drug and he said we've tried it the unsexy answer is it just doesn't sound that great live and it's hard to sing and it ends up making me angry so we don't do it
0: i i don't doubt that it's really fucking hard to sing he hits insane notes and it listening to Sims today Of like isolated vocals It's like He was hitting those Young man Trent Really The high notes You know mm-hmm. Really nailing them And nothing against Old man Trent But I'm sure it's harder These days To hit it So I get what You know I, I get why Somehow they, they knocked it out
1: So I was thinking about A movie called Old man Trent And what that would be like
0: <laughs> It'd be a lot like Old man Logan <laughs> I guess he's Yeah He's he's basically old man Trent now. How about Daddy Trent? What if it was called that?
1: Zaddy Trent.
0: Okay, never mind. Okay.
1: So, do you want to talk about the versions real quick? Yes. Do you want to, or do you want to do the stems from the original? What do you want to do first?
0: Oh yeah. Before we get, we yeah, we might as well keep the keep that together before we get to something else. Let's do my my clips, Blake's yeah. clips corner, and um, for the pet ants out there like me. I don't really want to call them STEM. I do call them STEMs, but these are tracks taken from a uh, rock band. Um and graciously uploaded on Nindestruct.com where I get all this shit. And uh because of it comes from rock band, um it may not represent exactly uh what you hear on like on the record. Um some things are are Modified a bit for rock band Um And that Saying that made me realize uh Like for example some of the ones we've done They've taken out the cursing <laughs> There's no cursing in this song No cursing so, it's child
1: friendly play it for your kids
0: Play it for your This is definitely one of the ones we played for LA. Yeah
1: this and like down in it
0: Down in it is so kid friendly It's the kids kid friendliest
1: they love it They're just walking around singing rain rain <laughs> go away
0: It's just like their nursery rhymes We've already gone over that Uh But anyway these multi tracks fucking slam it, they're it's they it's awesome going okay. through them
1: i'm i'm excited i am i
0: i wish i could have taken another week to to go through it
1: well you know what you can cuz we're going to do the lost highway soundtrack next Ooh, week
0: okay whatever i missed uh-huh. in this one and i did miss things i'll bring back okay sounds on good on lost highway episode um first things first it starts with just the little Plucked acoustic guitar and the electronic drum beat. And here's that. Here's the isolated uh electronic drum part. I love I love the crunch. So crunchy, so glitchy. So clicky. So cool. Boom boom click. I love it. There's so much to love about this song. So yeah, I could, I slooped, I could play it forever. Uh, You know, the backup vocals in the first verse, I thought were worth isolating. Really cool to hear on their own.
4: Okay.
0: Jess just made this face.
4: It wasn't a bad face, it was a surprise
0: face. I'm going to play it again. Okay. I won't talk over it, I promise. But it's just, his falsetto, he is falsettoing out the ass on this song, you know. It's just so cool. It's just something you don't get to hear out in the open, much from him I come along, but I don't
4: know where you're taking me I shouldn't go, but you're rich and dragging, shaking me Turn off the sun, pull the stars from the sky More I give to you, the
3: more I die
0: Disco version, stereo falsettos Nothing like it um, Then the drums change up and the pre-chorus part Love it You know what I'm going to say about this? That reminds me of racer? Yep. Yep. Me too. I mean, boom. Just so booming. Those
1: big, booming, were,
0: powerful it, drums. Were they. I'm going to argue that these were sequen, uh, live drum hits sequenced once again. We know he liked to do that in this era. Probably beyond that era too. Do
1: you think they're Tate House drums? Is that Possibly. what you're going to argue? They just
0: have that sound. It's possible that it's just a Resner thing and he continues to go for that sound over and over, but. And the way that he just flip-flops the beat upside down and, like, throws you off, it's so cool. Like, I have a snare on the one for that little part. Um, there's also a, a, a bass line going on in that pre-chorus part that you pretty much won't know exists unless, well, if you got, like, a subwoofer. It's pretty much just subwoofer stuff. I'm not even sure if we're going to hear it in our headphones. Uh, we'll fi- These are good headphones, so we'll find out. But I don't think I even knew this was here. You can kind of tell. like sub 100 hertz, super low frequency. Pretty cool. Then there's a really cool guitar. This guitar is not very high in the mix in the pre-chorus, but it's really cool. Jess Jess is so delighted.
1: I just, that's it's so, so extremely tremonary,
0: yes. so dirty and grimy. More chromatics, as uh, as Ixy talked about. Um, and then the vocal in that pre-chorus part.
4: The more I give to you, the more I die, and I want you. And I want you
0: I put it in here for the heavy breathing
4: And I want you And I want you Damn
0: A lot of really good screaming in this song I think these are the backup vocals from the pre-chorus And I'll warn you There's a a tambourine What I'm pretty sure is a tambourine That's like distorted And so dirty and distorted That it's almost a little bit painful to listen to Okay But for some reason He wanted that filthy tambourine You know he loves a filthy tambourine (laughs) The way he's going,
4: <laughs>
0: just like, just like crooning and being a diva. Then when that chorus hit, I feel like, at least for the chorus part and initially, the the drum loop is not loud enough. It's so cool; it deserves to be louder in the mix. Now is that a 1997? breakbeat or what
1: taking me back
0: in the fucking club um this i kind of didn't know was here the the uh the bass line he, he's either he's assuming he's playing a bass guitar for the chorus dirty as hell something tells me it could also be Like the low string on a guitar, maybe pitched down, maybe just EQ'd. The way all that sounds together, I had to make a loop of it, like just instrumentally, because it just sounds so cool, and I called it the perfect chorus loop. It's so fucking powerful and epic. So triumphant.
1: So dramatic. Yeah. Like we talked about with Ixie, this song is so dramatic, and it reminds me so much of like the other. I already said like I I compared it to Garb. They don't sound alike, but they they're the the kind of um, just drama of these songs. Yeah.
0: Okay, and okay, just just those that guitar, the guitar stuff he's playing on the chorus is in. Sane. i can't get enough of that um of course he's saying the perfect drug the perfect drug and the chorus but there's also the background vocal with uh these amazing harmonies you are the
4: perfect drug, the perfect drug,
0: the perfect drug. It's like a four or five part harmony up in there.
4: You are the perfect drug, the perfect tribe the
1: perfect drug.
0: And I'm sorry that I have so many for this. There's so much going on in this song, you know.
1: Don't apologize. I'm There's enjoying so it. There's
0: so much going on in the song that I had to get a lot of clips. Um, the thing that's different about one thing that's different about verse two is that. Uh, halfway into the verse, a bass line is added. There's no bass line of any sort in verse one. That's what it sounds like. It's definitely Trent Reznor on a bass. Or possibly, as I theorized, a pitch down guitar. Uh, the drums on verse two are also changed up a bit. They start with that that glitchy beat again, but then some more live-sounding drum is added. And tell me if you recognize this. It's kind of buried in the mix when you hear it. Tell me if you recognize it.
1: Do you? I don't know what you're trying to have it's me the, point out.
0: The drums that we hear later in the break.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. Are
0: actually buried in verse two, just not quite as, you know. We play it again? I'm sorry. I
1: wasn't even thinking about that. I didn't know okay. what you wanted me to find. So yeah, I was sorry, like, sorry. I was listening for like, I don't no, know. It's the drums. It's yeah. the drums.
0: They're a little bit like more high pass filtered, uh, not as loud in the mix, but they're there. Uh, just as layering. Cool, right? Very cool. Um, oh, I had to add this little part from the vocals in verse two.
4: Without you, everything just falls apart.
1: Gosh, I love it. Do it again. Without you, everything just falls apart. One more time.
0: Hang on. I pulled it apart even further. Okay. So it's made up of two things, a falsetto uh-huh. and a whisper. Yes. Without you, everything just falls
1: apart. <laughs>
0: it it's again, like that's the so... softest Highest thing he's ever done Without you everything just falls apart It's also so good It's so accurate It I could always...
1: almost sound like a boy band
0: <laughs> Without you everything just
1: falls apart If you took out the whisper
0: yeah, I should put like a, a sync type beat underneath it And turn it into a whole track And that this is the whisper part
4: Without you everything just falls apart
0: you can still hear, hear the other part yes. under it, but it's brought to the forefront.
4: Without you,
0: everything just falls apart. And he's just doing like, he's speaking, you know, speaking, whispering. Um, okay. And then there's some cool harmonies in verse two, of course.
4: You make me hard when I'm all soft inside. I see the truth when I'm all stupid-eyed. Arrow goes straight through my heart.
0: That The arrow goes straight through my heart is my favorite part because he has to shriek that high note and it's so accurate
4: you make me hard when i'm all soft inside i see the truth when i'm all stupid i arrow goes straight through my heart without, without you, you everything, everything just, just falls, falls apart that I might be my favorite part you <laughs> to you
0: it's a great 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 part love mm-hmm. that whole verse too
4: You make me hard when I'm all soft inside. I see the truth when I'm all stupid-eyed. The arrow goes straight through my heart.
0: Without Without you, everything everything just falls apart. The vocals have been very dry so far, which is a very Trent Reznor thing. Um, But for the first time in verse two, we get some affected, some vocals with effects like delay and reverb. The second half of verse two
4: my, my blood, blood wants blood to, say to say hello, hello to, you. to you my, my fears want to wanna get inside hello. of you my soul's so afraid to realize a very little there is left of me
0: as i was saying in the with ixie it's like he's not even doing notes in that end part he's just kind of like saying it okay there's a, a new guitar part that comes in on the, the second pre-chorus this i thought I thought it sounded like a horn section like when I was a teenager listening to this I was like what is going on there like huh, a horn section something I didn't know what it was did you Anyway it's you know it's trend making noises with guitar I per usual guitar. per okay <laughs> uh expert i did add in the the main chorus vocals just just so you all i know you love to hear trent's voice isolated in your ears
4: you are the perfect drug the perfect drug the perfect drug you are the perfect drug the perfect drug the perfect
0: drug and that's the chorus where that gets repeated like a million times at the end, I found something that I didn't even know that was there, but there's a layer of what I called the cheesy drums. And you'll maybe you'll hear why. It just kind of sounds like Trent's first drum machine, you know? Like It's just, it's so buried in the mix, you don't even really hear it, but it's just there to add texture or some... some kick and snare to it, but it's just one of many layers of drums going on under there. Alright, so then the big bridge comes in that lasts a while. And uh here's the first guitar part from that. okay this next one is a long clip of the first drum part we hear or the first few drum parts and the bridge love that so while that is happening a really cool little synth line uh is going on uh that i always loved and here's what that sounds like I want to know what that synth is. It sounds so cool. Cool, right?
1: That is a really cool synth. <laughs> I love Sorry. It. like Yeah. The
0: filter on it. I don't know.
1: So like, I mean, My synth heads will know. Chased in a... In a modern horror film.
0: <laughs> and uh, it follows is following you. Okay, there's more guitars going on in the bridge. And then he's also doing this vocally, which if you're not listening closely, you might miss. <sighs> Uh, heavy breathing Uh, many listeners just got excited (laughs) maybe my okay probably my favorite drum part you ready for that drum breakdown do it if you thought we'd had enough drum parts you're wrong then this comes in halfway through the bridge What that sounds like to me is absolutely a live drum player, um, not Trent Reznor, <laughs> uh, I don't, or maybe, I don't know, maybe he got better since Piggy, um, playing some cool beats, but it's it's chopped up a lot in editing, you know, in Pro Tools or whatever, um, and, you know, chopped and, and messed with, but at one point there was a, a live drum play, player doing that, that's what it sounds like to me. I would love to know who's playing it what's what if it was taken from something else what's going on exactly but maybe not a lot is known i don't know they're they're cagey about some of this stuff a really cool guitar thing is happening during that drum breakdown that i don't think i even knew was there trink going nuts on one note This part right here absolutely sounds like Trent doing one of his playing it at a slower speed and then speeding it up. Does that make sense? Yes. Doesn't really sound like a human speed to be. Many people play at that speed, but I just get the idea from how that sounds that it's sped up. Um. There is more going on drum-wise during that big live drum breakdown. There's uh, electronics underneath it. that's the part that leads into the the finale but it like it keeps going and it fades and fades and fades listen so you still hear this beat as the finale plays just kind of bury it under there goes on for for way longer than I thought then you hear some reverse vocal reverb coming in here by itself and then got a little clip of the i like the beat uh, at the very end but it's extremely quiet here's what it sounds like isolated very simple that's it there's more but i'll do maybe i'll do the isolated uh isolated parts of the That end section on the uh, Lost Highway episode?
1: Yeah. That sounds good.
0: Okay. That's all I got for now.
1: Okay. Do we want to actually play the whole song?
0: Sure. Should we watch the music video?
1: Ooh. And talk over that?
0: Because that's like killing two birds with one stone.
1: But I have a lot to talk about on the music video. Well, you can do it after. Okay. And then I guess we can go into the versions after that? Yep. Sounds good. Let's. I know the
0: listeners can't see it.
1: But we can. (laughs) And we'll... You know what? Just queue up your YouTube right now.
0: Well, t- yeah. Let's do. Okay, we're doing. Everyone. We're doing a watch along. We're doing a watch along. We're
1: doing a weird watch along. Everyone, get on your YouTube apps.
0: Okay. When you see.
1: Here, restart it. Push pause. When you
0: see the, the mirror orb, press, press play, and we'll sync up. Okay. Right. So get your YouTube Perfect Drug official video lined up. I'm going to count down. I'm going to say one, two, three, play, and on play, hit play.
1: Do it. And we're going to talk about how this video is very inspired by Edward Gorey.
0: Okay. One, two, three, play. I love that. Love seeing the band playing mm-hmm. their little.
1: It's kind guitars. of a rare thing for the band to be in a video.
0: Mandolins, maybe? Yeah, like you never, never see the except March of the Pigs. You don't see the band.
1: Well, I mean, you see them in like the live performance videos, but this it's, is different.
0: Was Loner in March of the Pigs? Yeah, he was.
1: Yeah, that was a live performance but video.
0: <laughs> Vrenna and Klauser. Oh, no, Vrenna was in it, too. Mm-hmm. Klauser was not. What are these women with the big blocks?
1: That is also taken directly from a gory image. I and, like
0: Trent hiding halfway hiding his face behind a curtain. Bear rug. Everything's happening so fast. The bear rug.
1: The women in their morning dresses, Mm -hmm. morning cloaks. Giant hand. Giant hand. That was built.
0: Okay, he's he's has like a big walking stick. He's
1: on a big plinth, yeah.
0: With a a weird-looking dog. I kind of wish he was holding a sword. There he is in his rejuvenation pool. There's the vulture. Vulture. His his little pool. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, this image right here, this is when the little girl sits on... Oh, oh, it's coming up. The hand? Maybe it already happened. Right there. That, directly from a gory image.
0: Okay. Who are the women?
1: They're just... I mean... Well, he, I think that he liked the image of the women in the gory illustration with hey, these yeah. long oh, okay. mourning clothes, yeah, yeah, and so yeah. he copied they come from that. that. Yeah.
0: Kind of like closer, where it's just images that were taken from somebody yeah. else. Yeah, well,
1: someone pointed out that, you know, Romantic is a photographer and he's really good at creating these tableaus, like recreating these cool images.
0: Yeah, I mean, he is good at it. Splashing in the pool, splashing around. Love when he's like...
1: Running through the topiary? Yeah, Yeah. running
0: through the topiary with his walking stick, like slashing at the bushes like he's mad at them. Okay, he's got his little green drink.
1: Mm -hmm, He's got his absinthe. Got that sugar cube melting on Is that what that is? Yep. You've never done absinthe, I guess. Oh, my God. Blake's never chased the green fairy. I have not. Not I like did on a New Year's and then oh the next my. morning on New Year's I, Day my mom called us at 11 and was oh like God. uh we're gonna go see the new King Kong movie shut up mom I had to go see it, it was the loudest movie I've ever seen in my life and I hated
0: it <sighs> you should have skipped <laughs> it's um, a free okay. movie he's on his he's on his absinthe green very very literal here it's very green
1: because he's absinthe tripping the
0: green fairy there should have been a fairy <laughs> The cuts, there's so many images going through so fast we couldn't even describe it. I do like when he's shaking his hair all around, he's yelling. Now he's rising like a bat on the ledge of.
1: That little kid looking out the, the window, balcony. a little girl. I
0: think. It, yeah, I thought it was a boy.
1: Do you think people have posed this question that that's the ghost of the child haunting him, yeah. or is it. Just him imagining it there, or is it all the same thing? <laughs> that,
0: I mean, that, that might as well be the same thing. Uh, he's like longingly just stroking a piano. Now he's playing. That it. reminds me of Closer. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Playing a few piano notes. Um, we see the child's like grave or something. Yeah, the end, so the we? theory
1: is that he's mourning his child. Oh, God.
0: With the child's hair Long hair the blowing child, in the wind The That's child died a, Yeah Yeah.
1: So there's actually kind of a plot to this I
0: always That looks like the child's grave marker I always think of Edgar Allan Poe Since the first time I saw this How, oh, could, yeah. how could you not?
1: Yeah I think a lot of people do
0: And then it just cuts That's, And then it's oh. over And then you watch a commercial on YouTube <laughs> With a doggy because you don't buy YouTube premium and you got to watch dumbass commercials. Sorry.
1: God. Why don't you just keep shilling for YouTube fucking premium?
0: We're going to take an ad break for YouTube premium. <laughs> Folks, it's only $16 a month. No more ads ever. They're holding you hostage.
1: I ain't paying for it.
0: Anyway, overall, I, I really like the video.
1: Great video. So do you want to talk a little bit about the music video?
0: Yeah. And we don't have to. We talked about it with Ixie. We don't have to repeat ourselves. But what did you what did you miss?
1: Well, there are a few things I want to talk about. So um, this is, like I talked to Ixy about, it was one of the most expensive videos at the time. Um, budget could have been anywhere from 850000 to $1 million. Crazy. Um, a lot of it is because they had these two sets that they built. So this is from a Reddit thread I found. And this is Charlie Clauser talking. He posted on this Reddit thread about two years ago. And he said, um, directed by Mark Romanek, entirely shot on soundstage in L.A., might have been on the Paramount or old Warner Brothers lot in Formosa. Can't remember exactly. Definitely on a big studio lot, though. Mm -hmm. When we rolled up, they had two stages booked. One had the sets built and the other was entirely full of long tables covered with a zillion props and set decorations that Trent and Mark could pick from as they went. Hundreds of dusty typewriters, dented top hats, weathered books, and taxidermy vultures as far as the eye could see. Sounds like heaven for some
0: people. Absolute steampunk heaven.
1: (laughs) The grassy knoll and alchemist's lair were completely built from scratch on the stage and were not actual locations. I think it was a five-day shoot with band members only needed for one day. Rumor has it that it was a million-dollar budget, but I can't say for sure. I mean... It looks expensive. It It looks good.
0: It looks good it, it also it doesn't look it looks like a soundstage. None of this looks real, but surreal is what you want for this, so that makes sense. A million dollars is a lot of money. I don't know that I see it on the screen, but I also don't understand how expensive things are
1: Yeah, to, to make build all those things. Like Hollywood. I don't think that it was
0: and a bunch of actors are paid here.
1: Well, I, there's I kn- a few. You have the morning women who are doing the
0: and yeah, walking around true. with their, their okay, maybe, morning
1: maybe clothes not a bunch, And then you have the little the girl, kid. Martha Who I always thought oh. was a little boy And I feel dumb yeah. I mean, but
0: the kid is Number dred- one, the kid is beautiful either way The kid's adorable The kid's dressed like you would think a boy would be But in like the Victorian like era
1: ascots and, and but suits
0: like, Yeah, in that era, I have no idea what they wore I always
1: called the kid Baby Trent Whenever I was watching it, the yes. video and Like I was talking it's to Baby someone Trent
0: On Instagram about this and I, it, yeah, looks like a little Trent, a little Trent clone or something, almost.
1: Yeah, yeah, lovely, is, is cute. lovely, cute, a cute idea. The yeah. hair is so long. So you do have, you know, some actors in it, which is different for yeah. a. Well, that's and not then, true. Closer had actors in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess not any. Maybe even fewer actors than Closer. Now that I think about it, but Definitely. you, you got to pay three band. That now Danny Loner works for. He just gets paid in craft services mm-hmm. table. He's fine with just hot dogs. Um Muffins. Yeah. Whatever.
1: Yeah. So uh, I do have um, some clips where Mark Romanek is talking about the video and um, Reznor is talking about the video. So I'll play those. Ooh. And then I want to go on a little segue. Um, Uh, Oh, you want to
0: ride around like Paul Blart?
1: Yes. Just like Paul Blart. Oh, not that kind Uh, of segue? Should I start with Mark's commentary or Reznor's?
0: I don't know. Whatever you want.
1: We'll do Reznor first.
5: I need to be able to watch this objectively, but it was tough for me because it was just a state of affairs going on. That was made for a David Lynch film, Lost Highway. I mean, being a big, huge David Lynch fan, to be able to work with him on something, that was like, okay, I'm in. To be quite frank, I'm not, the perfect drug represents, I don't like the song that much in retrospect. Aww. And I was at a pretty awful place in my life at that time. It doesn't conjure up great memories for me. I went into it uh, knowing that Mark's talented and I know I can trust him. We talked briefly and I made a uh, promise that there would be no footage from the movie in there because I would never do that. that. To me is make a commercial because it's not, it's, not, it's not art. I think it's better for that. So yeah. I talked with David Lynch about it. He's fine, do whatever you want. So let's forget it's even in a movie. Let's just take the song now and find a visual accompaniment for it. I'm a little uneasy with that prospect, but that's how it is, so what can we do? But Mark's enthusiastic because he likes the track. So at that point, he comes up with the idea of this very gothic um, Edward Gorey scenario. Being quite honest, that was the one thing I've done where I really, if it wasn't Mark, I wouldn't have done it. You know, It really required a lot of trust again on my part because now I wasn't me in a video now I'm a character in a video for a song that was for something else but now it's a different thing and what am I doing you know I do remember one incredibly difficult thing was trying to get the room cold enough to see your breath in there so we had a whole refrigerated room there was lots of trying to sing out with this my heart, get some breath come out when I look at that video now I think it looks good, and I think it's really well done, and it's beautiful, and it's beautifully filmed. It's certainly not embarrassing, but I don't know. It's the furthest out of myself I've been in a video, and by nature, I'm uncomfortable with that. And there was times when I thought, what in the hell am I doing in this video? Am I me? Or am no. I this vampire-like, absinthe-laden character in my acting? in a?" movie or what what is happening right now, you know? Closer was still the character of me in a kind of insane, odd, surreal world. This was, I wasn't me, really. Now I'm a character that might be me in a more stylized environment. And that single thing was the thing that really was tough for me to wonder, is this the right thing for me to do? Is it an interesting thing to do? Yes. Will it be well done? Yes. But is it right for me? And that's as honest as I can be. It was more challenging for me to to accept to do this one. Again, it was the respect for Mark, knowing it would be good, knowing it would be well done. And really listening to him, because I was my my I was off track as a human being. My soul was in the process of being lost and I was got off a two and a half year tour and I didn't know what way was up. You know, it was Mark's trust that kind of gave me the courage to roll with it. And like I said, I'm, I'm certainly not embarrassed of that video. It's the one that feels the least like from my heart compared to Closer. But it, it was a different experience, but not not a bad one. Closer video had its share of abrasive moments during the filming. So I was ready. I was ready for combat when we actually went filming the second our own Perfect Drug and. It was a kinder, gentler Mark, and things went smooth, and I don't
0: remember any yelling. And, you know, it was, a, it was a different guy. And that's the same guy that I know to this day. Okay. I want to see another Mark romantic Nine Inch Nails collaboration. Okay. If they're still on friendly terms today, do another one.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is uh, Mark Romanek. I believe this is from a documentary about Edward Gorey. And I don't mm. know if this footage has ever actually been released, Or, you know, if this is just the raw footage that they, you know, could Mm -hmm. put on YouTube.
6: I mean, some of this is, you know, gory, and some of it is just gory-esque. Like, that's strictly gory. That's literally that urn. But an image like this is just sort of in that world. That urn is right out of a gory image, and the fact that the little girl's legs are sort of cut off, but there's no upper torso is a gory idea. It's not exactly from a specific image. This landscape and this sort of clouds, those costumes are lifted straight from gory. They were just, the idea of an obelisk, we broke the obelisk because since it's a square format, right. I don't know, it just seemed like it would fit in better. So, you know, the image of the vulture is taken from an old daguerreotype. So there are, it is a mix of images. I believe that that giant kind of abstract painting is is a gory image with the with the chair in front of it, with the little bench in front of it. I love the way the light catches the gilt frame there. This kind of contraption behind Trent uh is taken from another old old photograph. That topiary is obviously uh lifted straight out of a gory image. There's a certain influence of Kubrick's The Shining in here. I like the I I always wanted to have uh, someone singing with condensation coming out of their mouth just because since it's, it's a way to see the singing and it seemed to suit this there's a, there is sort of a narrative to this, but it's completely fractured. It doesn't have to really make sense, and I don't know all the details, but you don't know whether he killed this little girl or he loved this little girl. Oh, no. Uh, whether no, the girl is a relation. Her. And so there's an innocence to it or whether it's something more perverse. This idea of the absinthe is, the, is sort of the connecting piece between the old world and the new world. He's singing about a perfect drug, which I think he's really singing about love, but making that drug absinthe... Is the thing that allows me to connect to this sort of late 19th century or early 20th century kind of uh, universe. And this is sort of the absinthe nightmare. It's like a percussive percussion solo. I thought it really lent itself to uh, lightning. So we made it green lightning, like it's a bad, a bad absinthe trip. In each setup, we we did kind of a lightning thing. This sort of rooftop thing, though, I think came from being really influenced by Mary Poppins when I was a kid. I was like, Mary Poppins is the first movie I remember seeing. Loves Mary Poppins. There's a lot of Mary Poppins in a lot of my videos. You know, one thing, these costumes are straight from Gory. One thing I had a problem with in in transposing Gory into cinema was that Gory has no close-ups. Gory is all master shots. So like this shot, for instance, which is a a close-up of a wider image, I couldn't think how to frame it because when you look in Gory, there are no close-ups. He just creates a series of ta- master tableau. Um, and I was really having a hard time figuring out how to do, do coverage if you're trying to, uh, to recreate a gory image. I like the idea that this little girl is so androgynous. So some, some, some people thought that it was a little boy. Um, beautiful little girl named Martha. Who I haven't seen since. She's probably grown up now. I love that it's just this hermetically sealed mm-hmm. universe that's so beautifully designed. And um, that's part of the appeal probably of Gory as well is it's just, it's so hermetic. It's just, so, nothing exists outside of this this bubble that he's created, this sort of antique.
0: Should I look at some gory books? Uh,
1: I have
6: the images, wise, I'll save them for you. Funny, dark, you know, it's just got everything for me.
1: So we have one more commentary.
6: And when I was listening to the song, I kept thinking about, well, what am I going to do with this perfect drug thing? Like if you, like if Madonna sends you a song and she's singing rain, 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 you have to deal with the rain. Even if you don't want it to be literal, you are going to have to attend to it. And I felt the same way with this one, perfect drug, perfect drug, what's the drug? And I think I just glanced over at my bookshelf and I saw Edward Gorey and something clicked. And I went, wow, it might be very interesting to make that sort of gothic, almost tongue-in-cheek, theatrical piece. And it occurred to me immediately that Trent would look very kind of dashing in uh, Edwardian clothing. So then I said, well, what what am I going to do with the perfect drug? And because I was thinking in terms of the 19th century, the idea of absinthe came to mind. One of the things I wanted to do in this video, too, is I wanted Trent to go wild. I felt like I had restrained him in the closer video in comparison to what he does on stage. So the scenes in that hedge maze and the scenes in the pool of water, I just told him just go crazy and splash and you know flail about and don't worry about breaking anything or getting anything wet. He actually really soaked the camera. I like the idea of this, the whole video being sort of purple and lavender and very the opposite of all the minimalism that I had explored. This was, in a way, a sort of a maximalism in the sense that it was filled with rich textures. I like to have a broad range of, I guess, fauna in, in my video, meaning I like to have old people and young people and um, different ethnicities and animals represented, in some cases, even uh, insects. But it sounds goofy, but I do like to kind of represent a spectrum of our experience. Cool. So
1: that was uh, Romantic talking about some more information about the Perfect Drug video and the inspiration for it. And, uh that kind of thing. It's cool. So, a uh, couple more things before we close up the perfect drug. Uh, first of all, have you ever heard of Joanne Gare? No. Anyway, she does a lot of... uh She's a hair and makeup artist. Uh, I believe New Zealand-based. And for this video, she was the hair and makeup artist on this video. And she won Best Hair and Makeup at some kind of music video production awards. I don't think it was like MTV. I think it was something else. Um, but she is known for... Uh, Do you know the Demi Moore birthday suit image from Vanity Fair?
0: I would love to know it. I would love to know it. This was
1: a big deal.
0: I might have seen it. I mean, I've seen a a lot of new Demi Moore imagery in my lifetime, I feel like.
1: So this cover. What's going on here? She's completely naked. The suit is just painted onto her body.
0: (laughs) It looks like she has a collar.
1: It's all painted.
0: It it looks 3D. It looks like she's got a collar, but it's all painted on. Mm-hmm. You can definitely see her hair boobs.
1: <laughs> of course. That's the first thing Blake and wants nip, to talk and about. Um, yeah, so that's Joanne Gare who painted that. She's known for okay. that style of painting, and I'm going to F up the pronunciation. I can never say the last part of this, but Trumpa, Trompa-lay?
0: No, no clue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I took uh semesters I don't of speak, French, folks Don't
0: speak French I've never taken s- French I took Spanish
1: It's been a long time, guys Since I was a sophomore in college uh, Yeah, I'm, I've am i just never been able to say that word There are certain words that I just can't say My tongue just won't work that way But anyway, just that kind of style of painting Where
0: Uh-huh Where you paint a naked body Exactly <laughs> I love it
1: Yeah So she's, she's well known for that And has done it for like Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition That kind of thing so just to kind of let you know who was working on Trent's. Um,
0: Very good makeup in that video.
1: Soul. Uh, Very
0: wh- good looks. What do we call it? Soul strip. Soul strip. Yeah.
1: So before we move on, though, there's one more thing I want to talk about. And uh, I'm just going to do a brief thing, a quick and dirty version mm-hmm. of this, because I found this video first that I'll play for us in a minute. And mm-hmm. I was like, what is this? Um, have you ever heard of a website called Resner's Edge? Yes. What do you know about it?
0: Does this have to do with somebody making a hoax?
1: Yeah. So I think this was just kind of an an early early trolling. (laughs) Uh, But someone who was a fan of Nine Inch Nails, I think his name is Eric Seven, and he created this site called Reznor's Edge, and it was basically a parody website that claimed to be the personal site of Trent Reznor. It's his personal homepage.
0: Why would you make a amateur personal homepage?
1: Anyway, he started it in, like, I believe, 1995, and he wow. even emailed—there's a big, long thing he wrote about it, and I can link you to uh, the Reddit that has a lot more information about it that you can put in our show notes or something if people are interested. Okay, But um, Eric contacted uh, Jason Patterson, mm. who at the time was running the unofficial Nine Inch Nails homepage, and— Was in contact with, like, the Nine Inch Nails camp because I think he was working on the Nothing Records site. Mm. Anyway, in his version of the story, when he told Patterson about this fake website he was going to create, Patterson was like, hey, 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 go for it. Sounds funny. (laughs) Well, anyway, on this website, he would make posts from Trent, right? And so when was he was talking about a new album? He created a fake Halo. Basically, he called it "Impossible Pain." <laughs>
0: Such a goofy title.
1: And he even yeah. uh, created song titles that he played off of, like song titles from Nine Inch Nails songs. So instead of "Mr. <sighs> Self Destruct," he had a song title called like "Mr. Reconstruct" or something.
0: Should have called it Mrs. Yeah, Reconstruct or something. <laughs> Maybe.
1: So uh, if you go, we'll post this in the show notes. There's a there's a big Reddit thread about it, but. Um, patterson on i think this is his response on the unofficial nine inch nails page and it's all archived so you can find it um but he sums it up by saying reznor's edge in a word is not trent reznor it is some freak named eric seven uh, playing freak. with photoshop and propagating his own web company through lies and deception wow i have spoken with many people on the topic chris renna trent and john Malm are all steamed at eric
0: <laughs> john Malm is steamed folks uh, you'll be hearing from his lawyer John Mom. John Mom's not a guy you want to piss off.
1: Anyway, but all this information became so widespread and pervasive, including information about Trent's brother named Bob Resner. <laughs> Just yeah, wait.
0: I, I remember hearing about Bob Resner. Yeah. So
1: Trent even contacted MTV because. It was just out of control, right? Oh my God. Like people were posting on all kinds of sites and probably in chat rooms. Yeah, definitely. How out
0: of control could something be? So
1: out of control that he asked MTV to please do something about it. And so Kennedy, in introducing the perfect drug video does. Can I
0: just uh, say that this was an era when maybe not even 25% of Americans were online? (laughs)
1: But I guess if you have, I feel like some bands had a very big online presence and Nine Inch Nails was definitely one. Sure. And-
0: a cult following as well
1: Yes And we know the fandom is passionate So Still are yep. Yeah Yeah. Alright so let's Let's listen to Kennedy
0: Impossible dispel pain Dispel
1: some of these rumors Not the greatest sound sorry
2: Oof. Perfect drug from Nine Inch Nails Which could be the perfect video It is so incredibly shot It is so beautiful Trent is playing a character He does not have facial hair anymore He's currently writing an album Prospective producer
1: Rick Rubin should be good and uh, he wants to dispel three rumors one um he is not working on an album called the impossible pain (coughs) two he did not receive remix help from a bum who lives outside his house in an alley and three (laughs) Bob Reznor his brother is not helping him produce the album impossible pain because a he doesn't have a brother and his name certainly is not Bob. And, <laughs> and B, there is no album called The Impossible Pain. What do you make of all that?
0: Yes, you have a tension here. Right <laughs> there,
1: yes. She's getting like a massage. Yes, this is a kind of a nervousness oh. you have. So therefore I'm
0: stretching. I want that. I want this done oh, to me. Stretch and Take notes.
1: nails on the way. Yes, stretch to, and the to the little
0: finger. Fuck Kennedy because she gets this pampered treatment while she's lying sprawled on the ground doing her VJing, getting some kind of some kind of massage where a guy in a what looks like a dojo is moving her body parts around. Anyway, that's pretty funny.
1: Yeah. So um (laughs) I think we've covered the the video pretty well. But I just thought thought that was a funny little
0: because they were just, they were on such friendly terms that he could be like, look, Kennedy, can you dispel these rumors? Yeah. There is no Bob Reznor. And hey, he's
1: got an inner contact there. You got to take advantage of that, you know?
0: Do you think there was any dating or maybe just casual stuff?
1: I think, I think there was a little casual fun, but I don't think there was ever anything <laughs> serious. fun. Yeah. I think she's written about it in her memoir, but I'm not.
0: Oh, I'd love number to Number one, see what... I don't know
1: how truthful it is. Yeah. I don't trust Kennedy. But sure, number two. Sure. I don't want to read her fucking
0: book. <laughs> no, I don't either. I, so, I don't care enough. funny to know what she says.
1: I, I'll look around and see if I can find the excerpts and see. Because I think she talks about making out with them at some point. And I think they of ran around or... in some
0: clubs. And I, I probably would if I were him.
1: Uh, okay. One more thing. Do you want to play a game?
0: Yeah. Like it's a jigsaw? You might die if you get this wrong. Oh, no. I'm, put, I'm putting my game sounds on. Hang on. What's the game?
1: So this video was actually nominated for a ton of awards at the 1997 uh, MTV VMAs. So do you wanna, I want to play a game and see if you can guess who won whenever I name a category and list yes. the nominees. So uh, let's start with uh, Best Alternative Video. The nominees are Beck, The New Pollution, Blur, Song 2, Foo Fighters, Monkey Wrench, Nine Inch Nails, The Perfect Drug, Sublime. What I got. Blur. No. The answer is sublime. What I got.
0: I don't even know what that video is. Sorry.
1: So, um, best art direction. I think this has great art direction. So let's talk about that. Yes, it does. Uh, Jamiroquai, virtual insanity.
0: (laughs) That, that one.
1: I loved that video. Did that win? I'm not done. And no, it didn't. But that's your guess. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That was my guess immediately. Is that the one where he's on the ceiling and shit?
1: Yeah, it's the one where he's like the the different, um, he's dancing and there are all these different like conveyor belts that he gets on and moves and he like has all the furniture, like he can direct the furniture towards him.
0: Does he dance on the ceiling?
1: I think so at some point, like he gets up on the walls and is on the, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's a cool video. Very 1997. His His hats, folks. Yeah, his hats are great. Uh, best direction. Okay, sorry. So, Jameer Kwai, Virtual Insanity, Beck, The New Pollution, Marilyn Manson, The Beautiful People, and Nine Inch Nails, The Perfect Drug. And by the way, the art direction was by Tom Foden, who I believe did the art direction and also starred in the closer video. He was the guy looking out the little people.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. did Perfect Drug win anything?
1: I'm not going to tell you because then you would win all these categories okay. if I did. you. Perfect Drug win this one? No, it was Beck,
0: Son of the a New bitch. Pollution. I have n- no idea what that one looks like, but whatever. That looks never, like a Beck video. I've never seen any of <laughs> these. Okay, continue.
1: Okay. Uh, we'll do best direction in a video. Okay. So, Missy Elliott, The Rain, Super Duper Fly, directed by Hype Williams. Jameer Quai's Virtual Insanity, directed by Jonathan Glazer. Nine Inch Nails, Perfect Drug, Mark Romantic. Smashing Pumpkins, The End, Is The Beginning Is The End, directed by Joel Schumacher with Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. Number
0: one. Oh, my God. I
1: don't remember this video.
0: No, nor do the I. The song
1: I feel like is forgettable. And also... I feel like it was just an ad for the movie. Lost Highway? No, it was for Batman.
0: Um... Oh, never mind Batman. Yeah. Smashing Pumpkins were on Lost Highway, but it was a different song.
1: Anyway, uh, okay. Did you guess a winner? For Best oh, Direct? Uh, one more. Beck, The New Pollution, directed by <laughs> Beck Hansen.
0: <laughs> oh, Beck directed himself. Uh-huh. The Perfect Drug. No, Beck Hansen. Won. Son of a. Come on, Beck. You can't take it all.
1: He didn't. That's the That's only one he won out of these categories. But so you said art direction. Oh, yeah, Art
0: direction and best director, which should be the same thing, okay?
1: Okay. Uh, Then the...
0: Wait, best absinthe sequence goes to perfect drug.
1: Perfect drug. Only one that year. There you go. Good job. Okay, so video of the year. Beck, the new pollution. Jewel, you were meant for me. <laughs> By the way, that video is not good. <laughs> As I remember, it's just Jewel writhing on the floor, taking off a dress, but maybe um, that's fine, good for fine some people. With me
0: so I've given an award.
1: Yeah. Also, it was like re recorded for the single, I think, and it sounded awful. I, I don't remember. Okay. No Doubt, Don't Speak. Oh. Nine Inch Nails, The Perfect Drug, or Demir Virtual Insanity.
0: I almost want to say it was No Doubt. Wrong. It was Demir Son of a bitch. I so, this year I clearly don't know what was going on.
1: Yeah, so that it was nominated for a lot, and it it was even nominated for best cinematography. That one, Jamiroquai won Virtual Insanity.
0: Jesus, so nominated Perfect for drug a ton. Won. Perfect Judge got nothing.
1: Got nothing.
0: Why are they always giving Nine Inch Nails videos? The Shaft. All right. I don't know because they're always so good. Yeah, like Closer. Did it? Closer should have swept everything.
1: I don't think it got anything right
0: it should have got everything. Should have got best video period.
1: Um okay. So I guess we'll do the versions and then when we come back um I do want to talk about uh at the time when the single came out uh Trent did do some publicity stuff, right? Like he did an interview with Rolling Stone along with David Lynch and also was uh named the number one most vital uh artist in music by Spin. So this was all around the time that this song came out and he talked about everyone was asking like, Hey, what's, what's the next album going to sound like? And so he talked about it. And so I want to, I want to talk about that, but whenever we wrap up. Okay. All right. So let's do the versions.
0: So this is what the actual content of Halo 11 is, which is ostensibly what this episode is. A lot of them are long. We're not going to make you listen to all of them. Just play the highlights. we'll, We'll give, we'll play a bit of each and give some thoughts. The first one, Jack Dangers, a.k.a. Meat Beat Manifesto, right? right. Am I getting that right?
1: You're right. Nothing Records recording artist was signed in 1994. Nothing Records. Are you going to play it?
0: You can hear him uh, as of late uh, collaborating on a really great Halsey track, Mm -hmm. Girl is a Gun. The beats are still off the chain, I must say. I'm going to say right now first track first version is not not my favorite it's not my favorite a lot of long sort of I mean a lot of electronic experimentation going on on, on all these uh, a lot of them very like clubby going into it I hadn't heard a lot of these in a long time and I was like I don't think I'm gonna be all that. I love the perfect drug. I don't know that I'm gonna be all that into the versions. This is the. By the way, pause. This is the amen break, right? That we just heard.
1: I think so. Yeah. right
0: This is the one that uses the, yeah, the 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 amen break, the most famous break beat. Yeah, right there. You hear it. Mm-hmm. No that snare anywhere. Um. Some of these I enjoyed way more than I thought I would. When we were listening we together
1: last night, you were like, you got to be under some influence for these. <laughs> yeah.
0: Some of them I think are good under the influence. And even just a little bit of whiskey is fine. You don't have to have a jug of Absinthe.
1: I mean, it might make it better.
0: Maybe. I absinth. don't know. I've never tried Absinthe.
1: I'm not going to encourage it, though, because that's I a... don't.
0: I, We don't encourage drug use on this show. No. But...
1: Especially we... if your mom calls and says, me and your grandma want to take <sighs> you to go see King Kong. The day after you first did absent.
0: So. If you do want to watch King Kong, though, I rep- I recommend you be tripping balls.
1: <laughs> not hungover.
0: <laughs> um. So some I was just like I'm vibing out on this. I'm not gonna lie. This is not one of those ones. A lot of fucking around with the Amen break. Um. But, I mean he, he he does a good job with it, but it just kind of
1: when does the annihilate drop have we oh, missed it
0: oh no it's coming it's so strange I want to know where that comes from sounds
1: like it came from like I don't know Mortal Kombat yeah. or some shit
0: it does sound like a like a little kill sound effect on a video game it would be a very 90's thing to do but this one's kind of choppy and all over the place I like the ones that have more to, to latch on to uh, music like melodically I agree There's a lot of drum, which is fine. I know perfect drug is really drummy. The vocals are just kind of spliced in indiscriminately in a strange and a way that'll throw you off the beat for sure. recognize that. <laughs> First thing I recognize other than lyrics. The vocals are all out of time and it just really really throws you for a loop. Annihilate <laughs> Okay. There it is. Annihilate. If anybody knows the exact source, let me know. By the way, this one is seven and a half minutes. So, kind of punishing if you're not in the mood for it or not on the club Is the longest
1: one the Nine Inch Nails one? I think it's like eight minutes.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay, We're, we are now in the Plug remix, right?
1: Plug, yeah. Luke, Vibert, uh, a.k.a. Plug or Wagon Christ. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. This one's almost seven minutes.
1: I think this one is uh, one I like a lot.
0: Is it? I don't think I... I can't remember. We'll see. I think it's, I'm not that into them until the later ones. Eh, I like the beat. Do you know anything about Plug?
1: Not a lot. I think Square Pusher Aaron was also a fan of Plug. Or Wagon Christ. I can't remember. Sorry, I don't know if anyone knows who Square Pusher Aaron is. Oh, Never mind.
0: I thought you meant like, okay, that's a, a friend of, old friend of Jessica's who was into Square Pusher. Mm-hmm. I thought you were saying that the Square Pusher guy, and I already forgot his name, was into Plug, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I like Square Pusher.
1: Oh, no, sorry. <laughs>
0: Why'd you call him Square Pusher, Aaron?
1: Because he really likes Square Pusher. Whenever we hung out the first time, he's like, Do you guys like Square Pusher? And I was like, Uh.
0: 99.9% of human beings <laughs> are going to say no to that. I was if like, If you were talking to me, I'd say yes.
1: I was like, I don't know if I know who they are. It was like 2003.
0: That's when Four. I like Square Pusher.
1: You were probably friends with this guy. Maybe he no. was on some kind of Square Pusher site and you guys talked to each other.
0: I like that he does a little synth base. That imitates the uh, guitar line. Mm-hmm. Brum, 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 brum. Okay.
1: I think it's really cool.
0: So this one is fine. It's all right. I think I like, I like it. It a little bit better than the first.
1: I definitely like it better than the, than the uh, Jack Danger's or Meat Beat Manifesto version. I think it is because of all the synths in
0: this. And a lot of this is taken from the original, just mm-hmm. remixed. Okay, one thing I wanted to say about the versions. Mhm. It's nice to see a bunch of new blood, right? Mhm. Cuz who's not on it?
1: Oh uh, well, there's no Coil's Coil.
0: And that no offense to Coil, but there's no I've had enough. JG Thirlwell. Point. Right, no Thoroughwell, no Photus. No Coil. No, um, Adrian Sherwood. No,
1: no uh,
0: Ogilvy. The this one heavily relies on the uh, the outro section, you know.
1: Yeah, but I love that section, so it's
0: of fine. course it's nice.
1: My body wants to say hello to you.
0: Anyway, but it was blood.
1: Blood. I'm gonna start using it as a pickup line when I'm at bars and be like, "Hey, my body, hey, my wants, body to say, wants to say hello to you." <laughs> You're gonna
0: get a lot of guys coming on, very, very strong. Say that. <laughs> I don't know about that. One thing about this Halo. The art is pretty cool, I think.
1: It is pretty cool. I like the color scheme.
0: Yes. Best color scheme since Pretty Hate Machine. Just this like neon purple and green. It's interesting text. This one is the nine inch nails. Yeah. And I remix. think it's
1: it's Reznor and Hillebrand, who we talked about yes. on the I'm afraid of Americans. On the Bowie and Resner BFF.
0: Keith Hillebrand, engineered by Brian Pollock at Nothing Studios, New Orleans. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's the longest eight eight minutes, nineteen seconds.
1: You know what I think my least favorite one is? Is the last one, the Orb.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'm crazy about that one. And then one of the ones that's not on the U.S. one is one of my my favorites.
1: The uh, Aphrodite. Yeah,
0: yeah, I like that one a lot. So th-
1: again, another one that's great. That's not available for U.S. Yeah. listeners unless you want
0: to. So anyway, a bunch of people we haven't heard yet on men remixes get,
1: and they're all electronic artists too, which yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah, it makes more sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know if the, I don't know anything about the club scene at the time.
1: 15-year-old you know, Jessica was out at Raves in Marshfield with Glow Sticks. All and the
0: Raves in Marshfield, Missouri. So
1: much ecstasy. It was great. Oh.
0: So normally with these, the Trent Reznor slash Nine Inch Nails remix versions of stuff are like my favorite ones. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm in good hands. This is the... Uh, we you, you can trust that it's going to be one of the better ones. But... I don't think this is one of my favorites on here. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's Keith's influence. Maybe it's Trent not being in a great place. I'm sure a lot of people love this one, but I mean, so far, I'm not not excited. We're two minutes, 17 seconds in. Beats kind of cool sometimes. I mean, what do you think of this one?
1: There are parts I like.
0: Yeah, I mean, all of these are parts I like. It's just that, am I going to be entertained for seven to eight minutes?
1: Eat an edible and you will be.
0: <laughs> I need to be on more drugs for this, okay? <laughs> gets more aggressive and menacing. Definitely not sounding like the perfect drug. No. But I do like doing a whole, you know. This sounds like it
1: was fit in on like a TDS remix album.
0: Yeah, maybe. Because it's darker menacing. Mm -hmm. You know, you could slam to this on the dance floor.
1: I mean, this is the TDSification of the perfect drug.
0: Yes, it is the TDSification. You can hear the take me with you really distorted back there. It's a lot of time for not all that much to be happening but the I, I know these aren't made for you to sit there and be like that was a nice three minute pop song or whatever that piano line is in there very affected but it's there
1: does it remind you of anything?
0: Closer, hurt. Yeah, They both have very simple yeah. one-finger piano lines.
1: I just want to point out that Oscar's been so good tonight. He's just curled up right now. he me out a little bit earlier. I didn't hear it, but he's being an angel, just curled up on the piano seat.
0: He gets. I think he likes sitting under that light.
1: He looks like an. Nice looks like an angel.
0: He's just going to get to the sleepy mood and nothing will get him out of it. That, the way they've got the piano affected there sounds extremely close. That's, hang on here. It's basically the same treatment as the, the piano at the end of Closer. It's like exact.
1: I read that it uh, is the Closer synth voice.
0: Uh, oh, it could mean same thing as a synth patch, just a setting on a synthesizer. OK. I want to know, I'd like to know the exact, you know, what, what synth was used. Yeah, it's the same thing. Crazy. so it ends like closer ends uh yeah oh
1: so this is uh the space-time continuum continuum. uh jonah sharp
0: i don't know who that is
1: (laughs) producer remixer dj
0: um this one you know it's slow to take off but it's one of the ones i dig on more and Mm -hmm. comes in at, at under six minutes
1: Basically, a Ramon song for this album.
0: Got that slow burn and really kind of vibe out, but it is good. Extremely 90s dance organ scent right there. You hear that, you know it's about to go down in the club. I I can get to this beat. This one's definitely repetitive, but I'm, you know, I'm not mad at it. Especially when it's repetitive, but it's not repetitive for eight minutes. It's more like 545. Love that, that high Thing going on it's taken from the original song I guess there's not a lot to it but I don't know why Why is it cool Just good beat good vibes good vibe good, mm-hmm. good beat you can tap your toe to it or you can twirl a glow stick to it if you'd like
1: I read somewhere that uh, Jonah Sharp started his career as a jazz drummer in London. Whoa! Do you get any kind of jazzy vibes from this at all?
0: Little, maybe. Just like, wondering. Imagine these these little synth parts being played on, on an old organ or something. <laughs> I don't know, or a piano. My piano. I don't think I'd be too mad if he would have let Apex Twin do another version on here. On this one.
3: It'd just be get
0: getting him to actually do a remix instead of a unrelated original. This one is... This is the orb. The orb. Okay.
1: Don't confuse him with orbital, which is what I always <clears throat> want to do. Orbit is, orbital is a totally different band.
0: Yeah weird high pitch deranged Trent vocals
1: I I stand by my least favorite is this one I mean one.
0: yeah so far not loving the whole sound Let's see if it changes up 6 minutes 12 seconds by the way The vocals are just so strange on certain drugs, I'm sure it's great. Some people were taking the perfect drug a little literally, you know?
1: Mm. Who knows? This could have been a remix. They were just like, yeah, cut us a check.
0: (laughs) A paycheck remix, kind of like AFx Twin. Throw
1: some crazy effects on that vocal.
0: It's anticlimactic to end the halo on that which is why i'd prefer the international edition that has a sixth track
1: which would be the original perfect drug right it's the 12 inch version that has um yeah. the aphrodite track which i think you're getting ready to play right yes i've seen sets of those on discogs for like three hundred dollars if you want the But I've seen some people sell them um, individually, too. I guess it's just however they have it. But uh, the only ones I saw were volume three, which I think this appears on volume two in that three-disc set. So disc two. Sorry.
0: So as we discussed with Ixie a little bit, this is the slowed down. I'll play a little bit of the slowed down, and then I'll play the the sped-up Aphrodite remix. Do we know anything about Aphrodite?
3: Um.
1: Uh, Aphrodite is um, a DJing producer a British DJing producer of Does a lot of jungle and drum and bass work He's also part of a group called Urban Shakedown which had a UK top 40 hit with a song called Some Justice which I'd never heard in my life until hmm. today
0: Again it takes a little bit for the beat to come in but I think it's so worth it on this one Love the playing around. This one plays around with Trent's lyrics uh, wildly.
1: So this is a slowed down version?
0: Yeah, slowed down slightly. I'll I'll compare them in a minute here.
1: I think it goes from like 160 to 140, right?
0: Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think it takes like two minutes to build up to the actual beat, but I like this minute and a half, but yeah, so I don't think that, I think that beat sounds a lot better at its intended speed. So here's what it sounds like the original speed.
3: Mm. Yeah, it's
0: the the pitch is higher, so Trent's vocal is way up there. And I'll I'll get to the beat part. pretty quick I'm not sure why they yeah I felt they had to slow it down it's not like this is out of control or I can't handle it or anything
1: no I like it
0: it's yeah it's a good groove This one with a quicker beat. Clock's in at 538. Very listenable. Sounds like a slowed down version of the the cool bridge synth. kind of sticks to this baseline the whole time <laughs> doesn't really lean on the uh, sad finale part at all got to keep it upbeat on this one
1: the pop version
0: I, I dig it. That's it? Yeah. Are there any versions we didn't do?
1: I don't think so. I think we got them all. Wow. So. Uh,
0: That's enough versions for me. Yeah.
1: Well, before we rate, um, I do want to talk about the sneak peeks that Reznor kind of gave us of the new album that he was working on. Because this was all like in 1997, so it had been three years since.
0: This was yeah the since uh, the downward spiral, the right? big five year panic. I guess between fragile and or between downward spiral and fragile, and people were yeah. like, "When's the new album dropping?" It's been five years.
1: When's Impossible Pain coming? <laughs>
0: <laughs> people are freaking out.
1: Uh so. In the April 1997 issue of Spin, he was named um, the number one most vital artist in music. There were 40 that they listed. Blake, you want to play a game?
0: (laughs) More games.
1: One more. This is the most game-heavy episode.
0: I I may be tired of games, but let's...
1: Do you want to try to guess who the top 10 were? I guess you already know that number one is Nine Inch Nails, so do you want to try to guess the...
0: What was the title again?
1: 40 Most Vital Artists in Music, 1997 spin
0: magazine it's wild that they gave him this i mean sure we all think this but he just he had some fans at the magazine
1: i yeah i think he definitely did top 10 top 10
0: are they relevant at the time yes is radiohead in there no
1: when did OK computer come out was it the summer of 1997
0: don't ask me what this month was that's my wrong answer on radiohead of course they weren't on there but i mean yeah resner was between albums
1: Okay, it was released in late spring, May twenty first, nineteen ninety seven. This was April of nineteen ninety seven, so no Radiohead would not be on here based about, upon the bins.
0: <laughs> they, but they, the bins was amazing. People
1: love the bins, but they it,
0: were about to drop the album of
1: whatever. of the decade, probably yeah. one
0: of them. One of them,
1: obviously TDS is. Obviously, <laughs> we have bias toward another band.
0: Um. um okay, who else? Are they like nineties people?
1: Most of them, yeah. Almost all of them are from the '90s. There's maybe one that spans '80s and '90s. It's only one I can think, though. Um, well, I guess Nine Inch Nails does too, if you count. Oh yeah. Late '80s.
0: Oh, it has to be a current.
1: Just think, nineteen ninety-seven.
0: Most vital living artist? Is that?
1: They're all alive.
0: Any women on this list? Yes. I don't know. Sheryl Crow or some shit? No.
1: No, Sheryl Crow. This is spin. They're a little bit snobbier than Rolling Stone.
0: Um, no doubt?
1: No. <laughs> I think they're in the top 40, but they're not in
0: the oh, top 10. Okay. Uh, Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing
1: Pumpkins, number two.
0: Wow. Right behind Trent. Um, well, I'm, I'm forgetting my 90s now. This is the decade. I should know the best.
1: Okay, when is a British band fronted by brothers?
0: Oh, a fucking Oasis. Yeah, number
1: six. Uh, Uh, Foo Fighters on there? No.
0: Uh,
1: One is a hip-hop trio with a female leader who stepped out on her own and made one of the best hip-hop albums of all time.
0: Oh, uh, it's not Lauryn Hill, but it's uh, 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 Fuji's. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um,
1: One is another big hip-hop group. Big rap group. Big. Lots of members. And they've all had solo albums.
0: <laughs> oh, Wu-Tang.
1: That's right. Number three. Um, mm. One is an a English uh, singer, songwriter, amazing musician, still recording really good albums, has really cool hats and headwear, very goth looking. Oh. Uh. There was a phase she went through where she wore a lot of like these like feathered hats. I'm trying to remember correctly.
0: Oh, I'm dumb. I don't know. It's
1: PJ Harvey. Anyway. Oh.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: She's number ten. Uh Grunge, Holdover, Pearl Jam, number seven. Uh eight is Whole, one of my You're favorites. Let me guess. That's because you've just... given up. I have not. Five is U Two. That was the older band oh, I was thinking yeah. of. And then four is Beck Beck Hansen.
0: Beck doesn't He's getting better.
1: was a huge album. Overrated
0: in 97. It was Odelay. Odelay
1: was here. like 96, 97. Okay. Yeah. Um, I loved Odelay. It's a great album. Um, okay. So, anyway, in that issue of Spin, uh, Neil Strauss <laughs> interviewed <laughs> Reznor and he interviewed him at the house in Big Sur where Reznor was um, writing the Downward Spiral follow up. And he says, I spot an envelope. Scrawled in black pen are the words New Songs. I don't open it. I do notice, however, that it's very thin. <laughs> so that's an observation from Strauss. okay. Um, Reznor refers to Rick Rubin working on the new record with him. So that's the second how, time we heard Rick Rubin. Yeah, how far the other did time, they go
0: with this Rubin then? We'll
1: find out when we dive into the fragile. So uh, remember Kennedy also mentioned it in yes. that little clip. Yes. So
0: where she was writhing on the floor. She wasn't
1: really writhing. She, she was being massaged.
0: I'd call it writhing. She
1: wasn't writhing. You can watch it. Uh Then in the March 6th issue of Rolling Stone, he refers to working on two new records that would be released around the same time. He was kind of going to pull a Bright Eyes before Bright Eyes (laughs) could pull a Bright Eyes, if anyone knows what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, he said two records and then he figured out, "Eh, let's just do a double album. Yeah,
1: and Bright Eyes released two very different sounding albums on the same day. They're good, though, if anyone's a fan. Um, he said, The new stuff I'm working on is even more disparate than the downward spiral. I'm not afraid of trying things out. This next record, it will either be huge or a career stopper. It won't be safe, that's all. And then the interviewer asked him, What will the new music be like? And Resner said, There will be two new records that will probably come out around the same time. One will be with people I had with me in the live band. We're playing and writing together in a group called Tapeworm. Is this the first time we've heard Tapeworm referenced yet by Resner?
0: As far as maybe, as far as stuff we've discussed in this podcast, it's the mm-hmm. first mention of it. I think they uh, they started talking about it in '95. Maybe as early as '95, they were planning it.
1: Okay, I haven't dug deep enough into this, so I'll, that will probably be a bonus up at some point, the or most, someone might request the most it. Most
0: long suffering project <laughs> to never get off the ground of all time, possibly. <laughs>
1: And so he said of that, he said, that one will be a bit more like what you think industrial music is now. The new Nine Inch Nails record will be more like a funk hip hop record. <laughs> it will piss a lot of people off and it's going to change the world at the same time, I hope.
0: I want to know where all this funk and hip hop went.
1: That's all I can aspire to. That and staying 10 steps ahead of Billy Corgan. A lot of competition there with Corgan.
0: Well, he was... with <laughs> He was one step ahead on the uh, spin list.
1: That's true, he was. Um, So yeah, that is just kind of what we got in mainstream media, mainstream music media, right? Where Reznor was talking about the album. I don't know if he was trolling us just a little bit, playing with us a little bit when he described it as a funk hip hop record. But when you're working with Rick Rubin, you never know, I don't know.
0: I bet if if he did end up going with Rubin, maybe it would have.
1: There's some funky stuff on on the fragile, but it's not a dominant uh, yeah. There's yeah. some funky grooves, but there's nothing super dominant yeah, where you think this is a funk record.
0: <laughs> right. Don't paint yourself into a corner by saying your whole big record's gonna fall under one genre here. I think what he came up with was, was far better than what he described there.
1: I like how he said it's gonna change the world, so
0: <laughs> that might maybe that was just a offhand uh tongue in cheek, like whatever. That's what I
1: think, yeah. Just kind of said that way. I don't think right. he really meant it. Okay. Um that's all I got. This is probably our longest episode we
0: recorded in <laughs> one It's oh, some, God, we've been recording for, for, for what, song. three and a half hours? Uh, give or take, but a lot yeah. of that's not gonna go in.
1: Yeah. I just I just feel like it's kind of an important one. It's important it's to important.
0: me. It included a very special guest. That's important. Definitely that, that important. Thank you, Ixy. Yes, thank you. We've been waiting for a long time to to make yeah, this work.
1: We planned that like a long yeah. time ago. And
0: it's completely our fault that it took so long.
1: Um, we just had to delay it a little bit due to personal reasons
0: right and just you know it takes it's taking us longer than we thought to get through the discography which is fine
1: i say take your time man um (laughs) take your time us
0: yeah yeah we'll take our time
1: but yeah it's just such an anomaly it just really stands out to me and i love it it's probably in my top (laughs) yeah definitely in my top 10 90s tracks tracks Maybe top five, yeah, I don't know. I,
0: I put it in top five or ten uh, songs from them, absolutely, have always loved it.
1: Yeah. Um. So, are we going to rate this thing? How many yes, inches? what are we rating? Inches.
0: I Well, I know that. No, oh, I mean, okay. Like, there are, so, there are different versions mm-hmm. of the versions.
1: I would say just do the U.S. version and then say what you would rate it if it included the original version or Aphrodite. Um,
0: if I'm doing the U.S. version, just the five Mm-hmm versions i think i would give it like a, a a gentleman's seven inches like a generous seven inches wow see i
1: was thinking six but if they put the aphrodite yeah. version on it i would up it to seven i think that would up it um however the
0: aphrodite for me would make it an eight
1: okay we'll make it a seven for me if they had on the u.s version put the original uh, lost highway version of the perfect drug then i would give it a nine
0: it'd be perfect perfect a perfect score yeah if i'm rating if
1: if it included yeah. those things as it stands now the u.s yeah. version we're having,
0: six yeah we're having to do hypotheticals here this if i'm just rating the song the perfect drug by mm-hmm. itself 10 yeah. 10 out of nine it's great no complaints no notes song that i love with so many cool things um,
1: I can't wait to talk more about it next week when yeah, we do our I'm bonus episode. We get on to Lost do Highway. another episode <laughs> that includes
0: the perfect drug. Great, great track, and some
1: of uh, Reznor's scoring work—his mm-hmm. first real scoring work, I guess.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. we'll talk about it when we. Get I haven't to heard it. some of these things in a a long time.
1: Well, you get to revisit.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to revisit and to watch Lost Highway.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen it before?
0: Uh, no, I've had like friends who had it on. And I wasn't really paying attention. I was okay. like, uh, this is not making sense to me. Okay. I can't remember if I was altered in any like, way.
1: I don't think any David Lynch movie makes sense. Well, Just no, enjoy the ride. Do. They never do. Everyone has their own interpretation. But so
0: I look forward to actually paying attention this time. It's great. Anyway, that's going to be behind the paywall <laughs> uh, <laughs> where we do non-Halo material. Mm-hmm. That's patreon.com slash pod if you want. We have at least 18 uh, bonus episodes up there now. Plus other, you get other cool bennies for being a patron.
1: Like chatting in the Discord.
0: Chatting in the Discord. I
1: share a lot Exclusive. of pics of Oscar if you love Oscar.
0: And other stuff. Exclusive merch and be in our close friends group on Instagram.
1: So I think that wraps up the Perfect Drug Versions. Uh, mm-hmm. Special thanks again to Ixie, And you can mm-hmm. also support Ixie and be a patron. Yes. Ixie um, has a
0: great. She has tons of great content and tons of extra content for patrons. And she has her own cool Discord. Yep. Check out her YouTube channel.
1: I think that's all I've got, dude.
0: I think so. Thanks again, everyone, for helping us uh, crowdfund this new computer that we're recording on.
1: So do we want to shout out a few new patrons before we sign off?
0: Yeah, quick shout out to a few new patrons. I want to shout out Glenn. I want to shout out Grace. Uh, Matt. This one says Patreon user. Probably wants to remain anonymous, and I'll respect that wish.
1: Thank you, Patreon user.
0: Have I shouted out? I've talked about Hayden, but uh, thank you. Oh yeah, thank Hayden. you, Hayden, for joining up. up on the Patreon. That's all I got for now.
1: All right, so thank you to all our existing and new patrons. We heart you. You're the perfect drug. Nate, that sounded weird.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> listeners, you are, are the real perfect drug, and we want you. No.
1: All right, let's just sign off. We're tired. All right.
0: And I didn't that make me feel better.